Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, friends? It's not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast happening. And if you're listening to it right at the day it's released, it's New Year's Day 2024. Monday, the 1st of January 2024. I'm voicing this now before the Lions played against the Cowboys. So you can only imagine how when the day this actually drops, how my mood will be then. And then, of course, this show dropping on January 1. At 5 p.m. on January 1 Eastern Time, Michigan takes on Alabama. Two big, big things that I'm going to talk about on the fresh show that happens on Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. But enough about that. This not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast is remarkable. I see there's a segment about some guy who got his face eaten off by a grizzly bear and lived to tell about it, and now he's telling his story through the face that got eaten off by a grizzly bear. I can't wait to hear that. You should know that this free podcast uh, happens, and I also have a Patreon show for you to check out from the end of February 2010. I like to call those shows something to listen to uh, while I'm away. Those are for Patreon members only to hear those full shows from me way back when in 2010 with some other people who you might know patreon.com slash eric zane and you can sign up for free seven days free patreon.com slash eric zane check it out it is uh literally risk-free you just put in your payment uh what do you call it payment form and then you get the seven days but you're like oh yeah you scam artist you gotta charge me Yeah, I will if you wait uh, longer than seven days. However, if you cancel it before the seven days, you still get the seven days. But you're going to like it. I know you are. So sign up for five bucks a month for all the audio, ten bucks a month for audio, video, live streams, and away you go. Cancel any time. It's simple, quick, and easy. Either five or ten bucks a month. By the way, Sean Hannity is $9.95. So fuck that guy. I'm, I'm better than Sean. I know I am. And my ego is really powerful today. Let me tell you. Um, also, if you want to uh, pay for a full year, I'll take 10% off. There you go. Let's get started on Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome into the Eric Zane Show podcast Patreon bonus. I'm back. I had, uh, when I was doing the free podcast, it didn't hit subtly, but I was hammered with an overwhelming feeling of exhaustion. I'm not kidding you. That was, it was, uh, it was palpable. I was like, I got to get out of this. Uh, 90 minutes is, uh, is going to have to be enough. I'm just going to cut it and, uh, 
and immediately go to bed. And I did. I think uh, I think actually today I'm at about 60 to 65 percent, which is perfect. I can actually get through this with a little rest in between the shows. And um, the problem on Tuesday was the throat. I mean, it was so painful. Uh, it it was just like uh, any any degree. I couldn't even uh, talk the way I'm talking to you right now. It would have been like it would have been awful. Because I couldn't, like I said, I only had two gears. You got to get third, fourth, and fifth. So now, um, presentation-wise, I'm third, fourth, fifth. But energy is is not what it needs to be at all. So I completely ran out of gas on that first podcast. And then I was like, yeah, let the dogs outside. They come back inside and right to bed. Two hours. Boom. Wake up, good to go. Happening. Completely blessed that I can do this. I am so lucky because not everybody can do this. You know, I uh, I don't take this shit for granted. The people that have to work like the whole damn day. Ugh, God. Fuck that. If you're if you're like typically when I uh, do the show, I'm up at a uh, little after six and then I go all day. I don't take a nap or anything. I don't have the, uh, um, I don't really have to lay down because if I'm feeling good, I can make it throughout the day because I've gotten enough sleep. But on days like today where I have to get back to work, but I am not yet where I need to be. It is an absolute blessing to be able to just, all right, we got to power down for a little bit. So thank you for your patience as I make my way through this. You all are fantastic. Uh, Jacqueline is out of surgery, and now I have to go and take care of her. I have an appointment at 2.30. I have to be at her house, her uh, lovely husband, that handsome devil, Justin, uh, just uh, brought her out of the hospital, and now he's got a meeting, so somebody has to stay with her. She cannot be alone as she comes out of uh, sedation for the rest of the day. So your old pal, Eric Zane. Johnny on the spot. Mm. Update. Diana, uh, when we were at the um, on the airplane on the way back from uh, Florida, I talked to you about how um, she had to puke uh, as as she got food stuck in her throat. Remember, I told you that story. She goes, "It's stuck." It was this chicken sandwich was stuck, stuck, and. Uh, I just grabbed the bag that the chicken sandwiches came in and she puked on all the condiment packages. Ah, fuck that. I guess I don't get any condiments. (coughs) And uh, was successful in dislodging the food from her uh, food tube or whatever it is. Esophagus? Is that the one? Yeah. And uh, just last week at the um, hockey game, same thing. She was there with Jackie and... uh, sitting in the stands behind me where I sit mom just got a hot dog stuck in her throat and she had to go puke and uh, I guess it was a bad one like really in there so she's in the in the women's bathroom at the at the facility by the way those two dogs are going to go at it in a second keep your eye on Daisy and Bruce I can just tell by the way Bruce's ears are that 
He's getting the zoomies as we speak. And then he's going to start humping. And then that's a problem. Come on, guys. Don't make me get up. Oh, no. Oh, and now Daisy's licking him. This is going to be a disaster. It's going to interrupt everything. I might as well not even start telling a story. Uh, speaking of uh, animals, Maureen. Um, Maureen sent me pictures. She, uh, on the side, rescues animals from homes. I was talking about that in the free podcast. Look at these four. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I like this little guy on the end. They're all great. Uh, apparently, the mom rejected these four. So, they got their hands on these pups. This is a cat she just uh, rescued. Like, she was just with her crew, and they it looked like a, a cat that... Um, a house cat that was real friendly. They opened up a can of food, and the cat came right up to him. It's, it, uh, of course, the interior of the house, one of the rooms has Michigan State on one of the walls there. The cat's probably uh, taking a pee right now on Sparty. That's what's happening there. And then look at this cat. This is the same cat. What an adorable cat. This is when they rescued it right here. She does this stuff. Hey, knock it off. In fact, uh, my pal Maureen writes, thanks for the shout out on the podcast. It reminded me to share my new foster kitty with you. I scooped her up off the mean streets of Flint while doing outreach this past Sunday. It was below freezing and I spotted her eating spaghetti out of a garbage can. Well, everybody in Flint does that. So we stopped, popped open a can of cat food and put her in a carrier. We think she may have been dumped, and she's in good shape and very friendly. Bonus, she's not pregnant. Her name is uh, Miley, and she's my first foster feline. It makes me feel bad that I can't foster dogs for more than a short period of time, like three, four days max. It just stresses out my cats too much. (laughs) And they are my first priority. So hopefully it will go well and I can continue to do it. Fostering saves lives. And we can't rescue them if if we have nowhere for them to go. Shelters and rescues overflowing with animals and desperately in need of more fosters hope you enjoy the pics of my beautiful torty miley miley is the torty cat i'm also including some of the adorable puppies i saved they're so cute i got the mama off a chain and out of that backyard just in time they would have died and they had they been born there as mama rejected them and they had to be bottle fed ugh Hope you get more rest and feel better soon. I've had that GD cold since Christmas, and it really dragged me down. I'm still coughing. Take care, Maureen. Very sweet. Thank you for sharing. All right. So, busy today. Feeling better, but not completely recovered. All right. Now, if you notice the behavior of these two right now, this is like officially getting down to like round one. Daisy gets down, which that might end the brouhaha right there. We might be able to navigate this without there being some type of international incident. Now Daisy's at my feet. Come on. 
I want to share with you Joe Biden doing something ridiculous. First of all, um, as he walks through the press corps in any one of several meetings in the last several days, they ask, they scream out questions about the documents at his uh, residence, in his garage, and at his office. And he is ignoring everything. Oh, my God. You know, I don't know. Um, if you're the president and you throw those stones at Trump for all that shit with all those documents at his place, and you know you have documents, you should either A, not say anything to indict Trump, or B, indict him and then get the documents and bring him back to the White House. You know? I mean, why, if you really want to uh, stay, you know, keep your hands clean, just uh, throw them back in the file. I'm anxious to find out what was on those documents. What are you trying to keep from people? I am, uh, I am all in on uh, getting the information uh, or wanting to hear the information about what is going on there. Okay. And I think that the press is just, are, are, they're just looking their chops too. And I am all about the transparency. And if you're going to sit there and throw uh, fuckface Trump under the bus, my God, this is fantastic. I see that um, uh, some of those fuckface House Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene and there was some other one. Uh, they're, uh, now that the Republicans are lead, lead running the show in the House of Representatives, these maniacs are being pushed out to like lead committees and stuff. It is absolutely going to be a shit show in a good way, in a way that we can all enjoy. Enjoy the absolute shit show that is going to take place. But what I have for you is not about any of that. It's about the president honoring, <coughs> excuse me, the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In the room with him is, I believe, the granddaughter of Dr. King. Um, no, no, I take it back. The grandson, Martin Luther King Jr., the third is married okay to a lady uh named andrea waters king so mlk the third's wife andrea waters king it's her birthday she's in attendance the president is at the microphone he says oh there's a birthday in the house and it's her this andrea waters king martin luther king the third's wife and he i'm gonna sing happy birthday and then he leads the group in hap singing happy birthday to martin mlk the third's wife and forgets her name and he does the old happy birthday dear Happy birthday to... No, I can relate. I would do this. I could do this. This is something that would happen to me. Audio check, video check. You've been a good friend for a long time. It's an honor to spend King Holiday with the uh, National Action Network and with the King family, Martin and family. And uh, understand uh, 
You know, uh, Martin III, we celebrate a legacy of your beloved father and mother. They work for the beloved community. But congratulations today, the honor. Okay, so that's Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. He's, uh, including your wife, uh, who I understand, uh, is birthday today? Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30, but you got to put up with it. And Nancy Pelosi, who I think is literally... That was fantastic. I think everybody um, rolled with it, though. They were like, oh, he doesn't know her fucking name. Happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alvin. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Oh, that was spectacular. Oh, man. Uh, I witnessed something like that once when, um, I forgot the name of the fucking band. It might've been, um, audio slave or some shit like that. Those guys were blowing through and, um, we were promised, uh, Chris Cornell. Um, at, I forget at the venue. It might've been the Delta Plex. I don't even know if it was audio slave. I think it was audio slave. And, uh, it was Greg, Chris, Eric, Chris Cornell will be here. They didn't bring us Chris Cornell. They brought us the guy no one knows. And uh, Greg was leading the interview. And he did that exact thing. Oh, yeah, we're joined by... And then just, like, continued on with the interview. It was it was so obvious. We didn't know who the fuck that guy was. Holy shit. Biden. God dang it. Uh, Ron Jeremy... Porn star Ron Jeremy, who might be the most unlikely person to be a porn star in the history of porn stars. You know, he, he looked uh, he looked reasonably like a human being when he was much younger. But uh, he started to look like an old man at like 24. Uh, he's 69 now, and he's accused of uh, uh, 34 counts of sexual assault, including 12 counts of rape. He's been in jail since 2020. Porn star Ron Jeremy, who I'm not kidding you, back in the day, he became one of the reasons why he became famous in porno. He had the ability to put his own ding dong in his mouth. I'm not even kidding. He had that type of, he was that limber and flexible. He could put his own ding dong in his mouth. Holy shit. Look it up. I'm not going to link it, but if you were to look up Ron, Ron, uh, uh, what's, what, what I'd say his name was God. I've, now I'm like fucking Biden. Ron Jeremy suck own ding dong or suck his own dick. You will see something spectacular. Okay. Um, well, he got himself in some trouble. It took forever to get busted. I guess in the porno industry, nobody believes you or whatever. Uh, but, 34 counts of sexual assault, including 12 counts of rape. So really, really, really horrible stuff. And um, now um, 
His brain is is absolutely mush. Porn actor Ron Jeremy declared unfit to stand trial for rape. This is what he looks like in a recent photo. There he is there in the middle of your screen above Billie Eilish. Uh, so that's that's not good. That's actually a couple years old. Um, but now they're saying that this guy is just an absolute disaster. Incurable neurocognitive decline. Uh, incompetent to stand trial, dozens of rape and sexual assault, uh, sexual assault counts. Superior Court Judge Ronald Harris said in a hearing that after reviewing reports from both prosecutors and Jeremy's defense, he is in this incurable neurocognitive decline from which he is unlikely to recover. A hearing on placing the 69-year-old Jeremy, (laughs) whose legal name is Ronald Hyatt, in a state hospital will be held next month. When he was arrested two years ago, I said he would be found innocent of all charges. Jeremy's attorney, Stuart Goldfarb, said in an email, two years have passed, and with the additional discovery I received, I believe he would have been found innocent. It is unfortunate due to mental condition he will not go to trial and have the opportunity to clear his name. Nicknamed the Hedgehog. Among the best known and most prolific actors in the porn industry for decades. Became a recognizable pop cultural novelty through reality shows, public appearances, and music videos. According to transcripts of grand jury testimony from the women and girls obtained by the AP, Jeremy would lure them into a small secluded space off in the bedroom of a West Hollywood bar and grill that he frequents, trap them, and then sexually assault them. The charges stemmed from a DA's task force set up to investigate entertainment industry sexual misconduct after reports about Harvey Weinstein in 2017 made the Me Too movement an international phenomenon. Jeremy was among a very few men charged in the task force's work, along with Weinstein himself, who was convicted of rape and sexual assault in December. Prosecutors are still deciding whether to retry Weinstein on several counts for which his jury was deadlocked. They plan to retry actor Danny Masterson on three rape counts after his jury failed to reach verdicts last month. Unbelievable. If you were eating at a Taco Bell and a woman came falling through the drop ceiling, I would expect her to look like this. This is her, and I realize if you're listening to the audio podcast, you might be like, what, who? I can't. You'll have to click on the link. This was the scene in, um, I believe, McMinnville is Tennessee. In fact, I'm positive. This crackhead wandered into the ceiling from the men's, went in through the men's bathroom and got up into the drop ceiling. And it's remarkable that she made it, was crawling, you know, through the ceiling and got that far into the restaurant. And then it finally gave way because those, those little tiles, they don't, uh, they don't hold a lot. Robin Lynn Emig is the woman, 39 years old. 
She uh, she took off out the door. They called the cops. They found her behind the Sitco Pump and Pay West on Smithville Highway. And uh, cops showed up, able to arrest her. When she was asked why she was in the ceiling, she said that she did not know that she was in the ceiling of the Taco Bell. She was uh, transported to the hospital being under the influence and complaining of pain in her legs. Yeah, you felt can you I, I just pray that there's video of that. My God. Uh entered through the restroom. There was damage to multiple ceiling tiles from the person that entered and fell through the ceiling. Emig was transported from the hospital to the Warren County Jail and was served two warrants. She was charged with public intoxication and burglary. I have the number. We need to reach out. And uh See if we can get some uh, correspondence. Taco Bell. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'm calling about the crazy bitch that was in the, in the ceiling. Okay. Oh my God! Were you there? Did you witness this? No, I wasn't there. Okay. Um. Well, uh, what's going on since then? I mean, I bet the uh, police had to come and make a report. Uh, did you? Has anybody questioned you or anything? Uh, we're not allowed to comment on it. Okay. Then all right. Well, just answer yes or no. Uh, have you seen that chick before? No. Uh, did she ever try to have sex with you? No, but I can't answer this. I don't have to let you go. All right. All right. Thanks. We can't comment on anything. Of course, that didn't really go as well as I would have wanted it to. All right. He was not having any of it. was a comment I wanted to read. Um, I think it was. Oh, concerning Diana, sounds like she needs to have her esophagus expanded. I've, I've had to have that. I think, I think I, I knew that. I think you mentioned that before. Um, what is, what, what the hell? I got to, I, you know what? Let me pick your brain when we get, when I get done with the podcast about that, because, um, it sounds ridiculously horrible, but something that might have to be done. Jesus. Chris says that's Tennessee. You should have asked if it was his sister. Oh my God. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Uh, back in the old stomping grounds, probably good. I left back in uh, Saginaw, Michigan. This is so fucked up. Uh, there was a robbery that took place at the family dollar. Here's the video of the 18 year old coming into the family dollar store. Here's the family dollar. He's outside in the parking lot. 
And uh, another young person is there, an 18-year-old wrangling the carts. And he helps her out. He helps her wrangle the carts. And then she goes inside with the carts. He follows her in. Whips out a gun. Demands money. And shoots the chick who he was helping in the face. Amazingly, she survives. She's going to be okay. He gets a handful of cash and takes off out of the store. Dude was uh, just over 18, 18 years in one month. This happened uh, not that long ago, and now he's accepted a plea deal. As a result, uh, he may get, well, they said the, the most he can get is life, but he won't get that. Pleaded no contest to single counts of assault with intent to murder, armed robbery, and lawful imprisonment, felonious assault, and carrying a dangerous weapon with unlawful intent, plus five counts of felony firearm. I cannot believe someone could be so stupid to think that this was going to work out and he was going to get away with it. In exchange for the pleas, the prosecution agreed to dismiss a second count of assault with intent to murder and another felony firearm count. By pleading no contest rather than guilty, uh, the kid, um, James T. Johnson, um, did not admit to any crime. Demanded cash. She survived in a February. This happened um, right, uh, well, Jesus, back in December of 2021. And it's, they're just getting to it now. Investigators subsequently released images from the footage to the media in hopes of garnering tips from the community. A woman told police that the brat told her he ran out of his shoes while fleeing the scene and threw the gun in a field near the closed down CF Brunkow Elementary School. So he runs out of his shoes, throws a gun, and then tells that story to someone, which whoever that one was whoever that woman woman was she turned around turned around and told police which is hard to find in the african-american community somebody who talks to cops so good on her uh cops searched the field they recovered two matching shoes and a keychain on a lanyard the shoes appeared to be those worn by the suspect in the sur- in the surveillance footage surveillance footage After finding the shoes and the keys, police executed a search warrant on the residence of Johnson's girlfriend, and the key that was on the keychain opened the door. Uh, They arrested him just over a year ago. Uh, Though he was released pending further investigation, they arrested him again three days later. He'll be sentenced to decades in prison. What a fucking moron. Unbelievable. Jesus. I got bummed out when my kids got caught, when Jim got caught with pot. I thought it was the end of the world. I was just like, yeah, your son just shot somebody in the face. Oh, no. My God. Pause in the action on Not the Best of the Eric St. Show podcast to tell you about the Grand Rapids Gold. I cannot wait to get back to the arena. Van Andel Arena coming up uh, on Tuesday, January 2nd. 
And I want to see you there. Get your tickets for just 12 bucks, starting at 12 bucks. And there's not a bad seat in the house for Grand Rapids Gold Basketball, the G League affiliate to the Denver Nuggets, the world champion Denver Nuggets. Love it. You know what's crazy? Is this organization used to be the affiliate of the Detroit Pistons, who are the worst team in history. My God. The Grand Rapids Gold could beat the Detroit Pistons right now. As I'm doing this show, they're playing the Boston Celtics. And if they lose, they'll tie the all-time record for losses uh, at 28. They're already the record holder for in-season losses in a row. I kind of want them to lose. They're really bad. That's fantastic. How the fuck? You lose that many games in a row, it's unbelievable. Well, anyway, come see me at the Gold Games, GrandRapidsGold.com. Love TC Paintball, one of the OGs. One of the OGs when it comes to sponsorship. And we've got a paintball war coming up on January 21 indoors at TC Paintball. I want to see you there. You pay 35 bucks, you get the paint, you get the gun, you get the mask, you get the pizza party beforehand. We hang out, you blast me into oblivion, and uh, away we go. I'm a really easy target, especially now since the arthritis is such an issue in my right knee. So I just basically walk around and you just shoot the shit out of me. It's like uh, the old target game at the fair. You know, the thing's walking along, you shoot him, and he goes, walks the other way. You shoot him again, he turns around and walks the other way. That's me. TC Paintball, if you want to book an event, everything must be booked in advance. Go to their website for more information. This is the number one paintball destination in the Midwest, TC Paintball. They're online at tcpaintballgr.com. Okay. Rolling on with more of not the best of the eric zane show podcast hello hello hello, hello. welcome to the eric zane show podcast a daily show where i discuss news nonsense and my personal adventures each and every day of the work week of course in the baldwin ace hardware fair bunker studio thank you so much for being here on the patreon just heard from adam adam s there's all there there seems to be an issue from time to time i guess it's kind of imperfect when it comes to Patreon, I, I get I hear from so many people who say that they have um, issues uh, updating credit card info or uh, resubscribing or, you know, the end of the month happens and then all of a sudden they're not a Patreon member or something like that. They almost have to redo it. Uh, warning early on, Daisy licking Bruce, Bruce trying to get out of the way. Daisy, look. Hey, hold on a second. See, she knew. She knew I was going to uh, get her to stop. You got to stop that. Your brother's not in the mood. And that's just gross because then he's going to get all riled up. And we, and we just can't have that. I mean, I don't know what it is about you guys. You in particular. Um, suddenly you just wake up and you want uh, his little French bulldog pee-pee. Get it together. Uh, I want to get into this Alec Baldwin thing. He was just charged with involuntary manslaughter. Now, I don't know if that... I mean, that's that sounds terrible. 
By the way, there's something on this mouse that looks to be a booger. Um, not sure what it is. It smells booger-like. That's weird. How does something like that get on the mouse? Maybe it was on my fingers. I don't know. Alec Baldwin um, has been charged with involuntary manslaughter in the fatal rust shooting, according to the DA. Alina Hutchins was killed October 21, more than a year ago, when the gun that Baldwin was holding on the set of the film Rust fired. That was one of the strangest things ever. The question that has been being asked since this all began was, why the fuck would there ever be live rounds there? What would compel anyone to even bring live rounds that would fit into that old-timey revolver gun that they had that Baldwin uh, fired? Why would you... What what happened there? And that's that's a good question that I think I, I, I would love to get the answer to. Now, if you get charged with involuntary manslaughter, there was a story that we talked about not long ago where somebody was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. They, they didn't face any jail time. Um, I forgot what it was. Just sticks in my brain. So I don't know uh, what the... Um, what the sentencing guidelines would be if, in fact, Alec Baldwin is convicted. Uh, you know he will have the best of attorneys uh, guiding him through that. I'm just anxious to hear in the um, in all of the trial information as, uh, my God, you know, uh, some of the details. As to what actually happened to that damn thing. Uh, New Mexico First Judicial DA Attorney Mary Carmack Altwiz announced charges in the death of Helena Hutchins. Uh, Charged with involuntary manslaughter, according to the district attorney, the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, she was the one that they described as not having any experience, was also charged with involuntary manslaughter. Uh, It's been over a year since it all went down. Uh, Helena Hutchins died when the gun... Baldwin was holding fired while practicing a scene. The group had been rehearsing in a small church on the Bonanza Creek Ranch set. Santa Fe County Sheriff's Department has spent the last year investigating how live rounds made it onto the movie set. Why the fuck would it take so long? I'm curious. Uh, These are all questions that I would need answered. Armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed and Assistant D.A. Assistant Director Dave Halls were the only other crew members believed to have handled the gun that fired on set. In my opinion, there's no way Alec Baldwin is convicted of this. Um, the director Halls allegedly handed the handed Baldwin the 45 caliber revolver, telling him, "This is a safe gun." Prior to that, Gutierrez-Reed spun the cylinder to show Halls, who gave the the gun to Baldwin, what was in the gun. And they all confirmed, 
blanks, blanks, blanks. Give it to Baldwin. Here you go. Here's a gun filled with blanks. Okay, I'm going to practice. He pulls out the gun, and then the next thing you know, she's dead. Baldwin has maintained he never pulled the trigger of the gun. He said that once during his primetime interview shortly following the deadly shooting, and again on a podcast episode, not on this show. I did not have Alec Baldwin here. The actor originally said he had pulled the hammer of the gun back as far as he could and released it, but did not pull the trigger. All right. Um, Carmack Altwa's name, Baldwin, that's the, uh, the DA, Mary Carmack, um, named Baldwin specifically in her request for emergency funding to prosecute the case. Uh, a wrongful death lawsuit was filed against Baldwin and other key members of the production in February of 22. The lawsuit named Baldwin and others who are responsible for the safety on the set. Baldwin's the producer of the film and called out reckless behavior and cost cutting that led to the death of Hutchins, according to the family's lawyer. Oh, I mean, all right, maybe, uh, maybe that is the case. And, and the lawsuit was settled out of court, uh, undisclosed amount, of course. Um, but reckless behavior, it still doesn't explain uh, live bullets that would fit that gun and the dialogue between the armorer and the director and Baldwin when they all looked and said, we agreed. Is this a cold gun? Yes, it's a cold gun. Boom, she's dead. How? Um, Matthew Hutchins' attorneys interviewed, that's the uh, uh, husband, interviewed witnesses before filing and created a video compiling evidence for the wrongful death lawsuit. In the video, shared at a press conference, Matthew's lawyers reiterated claims from crew members that the rust set was unsafe. Lawsuit claimed that Baldwin, who was also the producer, and other rust crew and uh, cast committed major, major breaches of safety on the set. Following the conclusion of the civil lawsuit, Matthew Hutchins, the uh, uh, widowed husband, revealed that filming of Rust um, would continue in 2023. The Western film will not return to New Mexico where Helena's death occurred. Boy, that's, that's kind of fucked. They're going to go ahead and make the film? You know what? It kind of makes sense, though, if you think about it, because um, that... Whoever uh, is is funding that film, they're like, fuck yes, we make that film. Everybody's going to want to see this film. This thing is going to be bigger than Avatar and Titanic combined because that sh- they should probably, uh, because there's no doubt footage of Baldwin when he was doing the practice draw. They should like include that in the actual final cut and, and uh, have like a, uh, an arrow. This is when Alec. This is when Alec Baldwin killed Helena Hutchins, or somehow work it all. I mean, that would. That's a horrible thing to say. Um. All right. So they're going to go ahead and make this film. It is uh, hasn't been confirmed whether Baldwin will rejoin the production. Well, how the fuck do you make the film then? He's the he's the star in the movie. Um. Wow. Just a disaster. My God. Um. So, yeah, I'm anxious to see where this goes. I, uh, for some reason, I just think that there's no way that Alec Baldwin could possibly be convicted of this. And if he was, there's no way he's, he serves jail time, right? My God. That story just broke 
before we uh, started the show. Ryan, that's a bit morbid, Eric. Yeah. That's true. Uh, if the lady cop in Minnesota got convicted, Alec Baldwin can get convicted. Manslaughter seems too easy to prove. Basically, if someone accidentally dies, someone does get charged. Chris says the armorer is definitely at fault. Uh, Rob adds corrobor- corroborating all the information plus what the law is is very complicated. Maureen says she loves Alec Baldwin. Yeah, very, very strange. Uh, Moving on. We've talked many times on this show about uh, lost your job. Good. Thank you to Chris D for sending this along. Uh, I guess Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, is a fan of Jocko. Because after the game, which he won, and he started out the game throwing four interceptions, uh, he was quoting Jocko Willink. Audio check, video check. Here we go. Uh, I don't know. Coach showed a video of, I don't know if you guys heard of Jocko. Just can look it up. It's this video where he talks about good, and it's like no matter what happens, that's your response. Good, you know. Threw four picks in the first half. Good, you know. He showed that back in. I don't know if it was training camp or during the season. Maybe when we were on that losing streak. I don't know when it was, but that's just been our mindset, you know. Then we say it on the sideline, joking around. One of the linemen, I forget who it was, said to me after I threw three or four picks, he was like, "Good." <laughs> just looking at him like, "All right, all right." Not not the time, but you know. no, that is the time. We've made it very clear on this show that it's always the time to say good. Uh, house burns down and your family's dead. Good. Uh, your dog uh, mauls the neighbor's kid. Good. You can you can drop it in anywhere. It always it always works to drop good in. This is uh, this is Jack. One of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me. He would he would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on, and he'd say, "Boss, we got this and that and the other thing." And I'd look at him and I'd say, "Good." And finally, one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem, and he said, "I already know what you're gonna say." And I said, "Well, what am I gonna say?" He said, "You're gonna say good." Yeah, John Wright. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say, good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's going to be some good that's going to come from it. I wonder if Jaco, he's had something terrible happen in his life. And then someone did that to him. Something really bad, like examples I was giving you earlier didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted good didn't get (coughs) good more time to get better yeah oh mission got canceled good we can focus on another one didn't get funded didn't get the job you wanted got injured sprained my ankle got tapped out good i don't know why they had to show that what was that all about 
got injured. Spray my Look at that. What is it? It's like, it's like meat uh, broken off of like somebody's body. My ankle got tapped out. Good. Got beat. Good. You learned. Unexpected problems. Good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad. Dead baby. Uh, family's dead. School shooting. Don't get all bummed out. Don't get startled. Don't get frustrated. Cancer. Brain eating amoeba. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It should be good with like an asterisk. Uh, asterisk because there's sometimes you probably shouldn't say good just killed helena hutchins good yeah you see it just it just doesn't work it means you're still breathing and if you're still breathing by the way was that lung tissue i just saw is that is that that's someone's lungs that, that's all fucking horrible did you see that it was lung meat it means you're still breathing Okay. And if you're still breathing, well, now you still got some fight left in you. So get up. No, no, no. Dust off. No, no. Reload. That's not good, especially if you're a school shooter. So if you're a school shooter and you shoot up the school and then the, the good guys shoot you, do you say good and then reload and then go back to shooting more school kids? Is that... Recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't really do this anymore. I, I, uh, what a crock of shit. It all has lost its impact with me. And I, and I, and I loved that. I was a big fan of that. Um, I don't know. It's a little much, don't you think? You can't say good to everything. Uh, Rob says, live look at Andrea's lungs. Rob says, I hate this guy, but I hate him because he's kind of right. He's like Dean with jokes. Hmm. Liver King is getting hungry watching this, writes Kyler. Megan says, this video stresses me out. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. All right. Well, anyway, I just like that uh, Trevor Lawrence, who, uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, is all about it. Speaking of uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, let's... Let us uh, go over your uh, playoff picks from your old pal, Eric Zane. Jaguars are at the Chiefs. Okay, there's no way in hell the Chiefs are losing that game. Chiefs will win. Uh, give the points, ch- uh, take the Jags. Eagles hosting the Giants. No way in hell Eagles lose that game. They will win that. This one, I think, is the tough one. There's actually two tough ones. Uh, Bills, Bengals. 
a rematch from the game that was not finished where DeMar Hamlin uh, went down. By the way, he's been going back and visiting the Bills uh, team locker room and stuff like that. Um, I I wonder if he's going to be able to come back one day. Uh, I'm sure a lot of testing would have to be done, but uh, who knows? All right. Bills and Bengals. These are two evenly matched teams, but um, I just got the note that my uh, new uh, clothes washer is two stops away. Thank you, Home Depot. Um, but the Bills played like shit that last game. Uh, I got to try reaching out to Stu McAllister again. Does anybody know what Stu does for a living now? Every time I've tried to call him recently, he's been like, I can't talk. I can't talk. I'm getting trained. So I bet you that'll be the case now. Bills hosting the Bengals. The Bills played, in my opinion, like shit in that last game. Um, I reached the phone of Stu. I'm going to go with the Bengals on the road, breaking the Bills' hearts. That's That breaks my heart to say it. But, um, yeah, I think it's the end of the line here for the Bills. What they got to hope for. The Bills got to hope for another player having a heart attack. And uh, then they can get fired up or, I don't know, um, do something. Maybe bring DeMar Hamlin out there and have him, like, uh, wave to the crowd and then act like he's having another one. And then, oh, no, my God. And then, you know, uh, hand on the microphone as he's leaving the field. And then he's like, come on, guys, do it. You can do it. Whatever. Uh, Get him fired up in some way because they played like shit that last game. So that is the only way they have a chance. If DeMar Hamlin fakes a heart attack on the field, uh, and and gets them all excited. So he'll show up there to wave to the crowd, you know, maybe sign some autographs, and he's going to go, ah, oh, you remember like Fred Sanford? Oh, Elizabeth, this big one. Elizabeth, oh my God. And then have him fall down, and then uh, have the group gather around him. They don't really do anything because he's not, he's just acting. And then uh, put him on a stretcher, get him the fuck out of there, and give him a microphone, fire up the crowd, and then that's it. To me, I'm most interested in the game between the 49ers and the Cowboys because of this quarterback, Brock Purdy. And I'm telling you, this is an incredible fucking story. This guy, no one knew who he was. And I cannot get over at how much of a fucking dork this guy is. Look, he looks like a child. Look at Brock Purdy. I think he went to Iowa State. It was the last draft pick in the entire draft. Known as Mr. Irrelevant. Somehow makes the team as the third stringer. And, you know, he's not, he's looking forward to a career of nothing. Uh, holding the clipboard, uh, you know, practice squad, 
not, you know, a, a nice 10-year career, maybe get like uh, five snaps in his entire NFL career. That's what this guy is destined to do. He's shit. Uh, all the, the 49ers, all their quarterbacks get hurt. And they say, all right, it's yours now. And he just, he fucking goes crazy. The first game is against Tampa. And he hangs up like 11 interceptions on the Buccaneers. Uh, I'm sorry, 11 touchdown passes against the Buccaneers. And kicks ass. And the guy has not stopped kicking ass since he started. So I love that. Okay? I love that story. Anytime someone comes out of nowhere like that, that uh, fucking Jeremy Lin type of deal, Lin Sanity, I am all about Brock Purdy. And and the Dallas Cowboys, well, America's team, I they can suck my dick. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. So I think they suck anyway. So Dallas goes to San Fran. San Fran's going to win that one. And that means the uh, AFC-NFC championship games will be Chiefs-Bengals, which is a rematch from last year, and then Eagles-Cowboys. I'm sorry, Eagles 49ers. The fuck? What am I doing? You know? <laughs> Rob with the joke, crowd chanting A-E-D, A-E-D, A-E-D. Kyler says the AED shocking him back to life to the beat of Thunderstruck to get the team going. Person dies. Good, says Nutbull. Now Stu can move their bed. I don't know if I get that. Rob writes, having a second heart attack? Good. Oh, I get it. Stu is moving hospital beds for dead people. Is that right? I didn't know that. Is that true? Fuck. I love Stu. Man, I tell you what. Okay. In and around West Michigan, they're making a huge deal because a convenience store um, is opening up. They, uh, a, a company has uh, bought land and has been building these. They're popping up all over the place. And you may recognize them in different parts of the country. The convenience store chain is come and go. And they spell come. Now, most people, if they're spelling the word jizz, well, if they're, if they're using, okay, to describe jizz, if you describe it as cum, which is the slang term for semen. This is not new to any of you, I hope. Okay? It's spelled C-U-M. Oh, yeah, I filled her full of cum or some horrible uh, bit of language like that. Yeah, it's rough. Okay? And you know what it is when it's because it's spelled differently. No one spells it C-O-M-E. It's spelled C-U-M, but some people spell it K-U-M. Okay, now, I have a problem with what this store is known as. It's called Come and Go, and they spell it K-U-M. And to me, that's close enough that 
just seeing it spelled that way is fucking embarrassing as shit. And it, it makes me cringe every time I see it. And am I the only one that feels this way? I mean, this was obviously done just for that. Just, you know, we're going to the come and go, <laughs> you know, and, uh, so a wry smile might come across somebody's face, but that has to be exactly what they're uh, what what they're doing. Isn't there another one called like pump and dump or uh, pump and go or something like that? Um, but uh, okay, so come and go are popping up all over the place. The local TV station did a story. Fox Seventeen did a story that come and go is now open. And the uh, chick that they have doing it, doing the story, like, hey, and now we're going out in the field to our roving, roving reporter, uh, roving reporter. You'll see here, Lauren Cummer is doing the story for Come and Go opens first store in West Michigan, and they sent out Lauren Cummer. Now, she does not pronounce it Cummer. I think she should, though, because, well, I don't know. It just, to me, it's all about attention. And if you're, you may be getting the wrong type of attention, you're still getting attention. So Lauren Coomer slash Cummer is reporting about the come and go opening up. New this morning, a popular convenience store chain opening its first location in Michigan. Yeah, it's a name that it's been around for a few decades now, but now you'll be able to check out Come and Go in West Michigan. Lauren Coomer <laughs> joining us at their first location in Michigan. It's in Walker. She needs to start out. I know this is funny because my name, everyone calls me Cummer. She need, that's what she needs to open with. Lauren, it has been exciting there. There's been people there all morning long. Yeah, absolutely. People. They, there's the menu. It should say like, you know, uh, jizz Doritos and uh, uh, semen shakes. People have been coming and going all morning. Oh, <laughs> you see, they're all play. They're all like kind of dancing around it in a cute way. But it, it's it, it's hilarious how they're doing that. I finally did get to try their breakfast pizza, Elliot, and I have to say first location in Michigan. It's in Walker. Lauren, it has been exciting there. There's been people there all morning long. Yeah, absolutely. People have been coming and going all morning long. Just an ode to the name there. And I finally did get to try their breakfast pizza, Elliot. And I have to say, I give it a 9 out of 10. It was very good. Freshness, taste, all there. The toppings, fantastic. With an extra side of jizz. We're joined by the district supervisor, Graham. Graham, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Tell us a little bit about Come and Go and what you guys are. We're a family-based, uh, family-owned convenience store based in Iowa. We have approximately 400 locations across now our 14th state as we open our doors this morning. And we're proud to be part of the West Michigan community and finally have some doors open for people to come see us. So talk about some of the offerings. You know, when you walk in, it looks like an average. Oh, we have the same shit that every other store has. Convenience except we're called Come and Go. Store, but what do you guys have here that's different from others around the area? Uh, nothing. All over the board. So, uh, yes, we do have the typical offerings of a convenience store, um, but we also have healthier options that you might not expect out of a convenience store as well. We have a food program. All of our stores have kitchens inside the building where we have a, we make items fresh uh, and really pleasing.
Moving back to the community you had mentioned earlier. I'm bumping ahead because I can't. In the process of By the way, this has to be a paid thing. Okay, this has to be because it's four and a half. Like they actually paid for them to be there. In the Baxter neighborhood. And why come to Michigan? You know what? The other states that you have stores in. Why come to Michigan? You know what? What was uh, attractive to you guys when deciding to bring stores here? Yeah, it's a growing community that we're really excited to be a part of. And the. You know, like the uh, Balls Out logo with Ben Glaze and Brett Hayes. They need to have like. Uh, a load like dripping off of the damn thing off of the logo the area is very similar to des moines are opening another excited for that all right Graham. Well, thank you so much very exciting that you guys are now open and they are opening another store in wyoming coming up next week as well as two more in granville in the coming months and then moving on over to detroit in 2024 so a lot to look forward to here if you are a fan of come and go or if you soon will be a fan of come and go for now we'll send it back to you guys in the studio lauren coomer fox 17 news oh it's comer you gotta say you're lauren comer all right thanks so much lauren i knew i was familiar with come and go okay now these two have just been laughing hysterically this guy looks like he's got aids by the way i have a lot of family in des moines so okay like, right you used to go I, there as a kid yeah so to Iowa. makes sense i knew it was familiar god just shave it off oh fuck that's a bummer. Huh? All right, thanks a lot. Never Ryan. heard of him. His head looks deformed. He looks like one of those guys that, had, you know, like he had that brain swelling thing and they had to remove a piece of his skull and then staple it back together. But I'll be interested to check it Still out. Still waiting on her, uh, you know, re results of that. You need to check her Facebook for that. Okay, breakfast she did, pizza. She did rate it okay, on Facebook. Perfect. All right. How awkward. Shut up. Well, there you go. So come and go is here. Nate says we tie in great with Governor Stretchin Gretchen. What what? What does that even mean? Two more in Granville? Damn. Yeah, I, I don't get what you're saying, Nate. What does that what does that have to do with anything? Family-based means it's named after a substance that creates families. Thank you, Rob. That's a good joke. Rob says, is Lauren Cummer's middle name The? Jesus. Uh, Nick, the electrician, says they know what they're doing. They sell all sorts of merch. Um... Chris says, dumbest name ever. Stevie says, terrible. Uh, Nick says, their cream-filled donuts are great. All right. Well, okay. Another place to go. Come and go. That's just too much for me. I'm kind of a prude. Yeah, right. This isn't good. Okay. Uh, the lady at the McDonald's ordered a Big Mac with extra cheese. It did not come back as a Big Mac with extra cheese. It came back as just a Big Mac. She went in to say, look, I wanted extra cheese. And they said, fuck you, get out. And then she said, no, fuck you. So they called the cops on her. And then the cops showed up and... Uh, they were going to arrest her. They did arrest her. But before they arrested her, uh, this something terrible happened. Watch what the one cop does here. Hang on. I got to make sure I got video. I have a feeling you don't. All right. 
Then people start as soon as, okay, if you live in a black neighborhood and the cops show up and you're outside like this, the first thing everybody does is whips out their phone. Okay. It's a perfect opportunity to make a ton of money. This happened somewhere in Ohio. And it's a good thing these people whipped out their phones because something terrible did happen. All right. If you're triggered by cops beating up chicks, you're not going to like this. Look at She's like, I just wanted my Big Mac. I'm like, oh, no, now you're going to jail. You're resisting arrest. Oh, come on. No, don't. No, don't. All I want is my Big Mac. Uh, seriously, this is ridiculous. So watch this. Right hand. Wind it up. Oh, oh, no. What are you punching her for? That fat fuck is, just starts punching her. This is bad. And she's just standing there trying to explain herself, and then this fucking cop beats her up. Oh, yeah, she didn't do anything threatening. She was just standing there. What are you punching her for? He's trying to help Oh, he did? Yes. I am, I really get surprised at cops sometimes that they would, that would ever do this to anyone. Knowing that Everything they do is being watched. Why you punch her in the face, man? Any cop that looks like that with that type of haircut, you know he's been waiting for this opportunity. Hey, why you punch her? Get your shoe. He's concerned about her getting her shoe. He just punched her in the face. Holy fuck. That's awful. Jesus. Uh, Police are investigating this clip of a cop beating up a woman. Uh, Latinka Hancock is her name. Butler Township, Ohio. Police say they're now looking into it. Woman already has an attorney. This is, okay, this is good for her. Hold on a second here. Hello. Hi, Alex, how are you? Very well. Okay, look forward to it. Okay, see you, bye. Alex is bringing by my washer. I tell you, at 30 minutes out, if I would have said to Madre Azuna Puta, he'd have shit his pants. So if you're this lady, this is um, this is a civil rights thing. This is a, this is a massive lawsuit. She just won the lottery. Okay, uh, this is this is going to work out in her favor. Uh, she will end up with a ton of money, and she deserves it because no one deserves to be treated like that. And that cop should be arrested and charged and dismissed and he should spend time in jail for assault fuck that racist prick holy shit what an asshole (laughs) rob says ben crump already on the case my god let me uh see if i can reach out to this um what's the name of the uh police force again Butler Township, Ohio Police. 
Butler Township, Ohio Police. Okay. 937 Police and fire dispatch. Hey, how is this a non-emergency number, I hope? It is. How can I help you, sir? Okay, I, I want to talk about the cop that punched the chick in the face. Uh, okay, you, that's something you'll have to talk to Butler uh, Township about, and I can give you a direct line over there. Oh, okay, great. It's 937-890-2671. Do you know that guy that punched her in the face? I'm not allowed to comment on that, sir. We're just their dispatch center. He looks like a real jackass. Have a nice day, sir. Okay, Contact thanks. That number. Thank you, bye. Uh, 937-457-2671. Oh, you know she's just getting it. Breached has been disconnected. Oh, or- fucking bullshit. That's a bait and switch, motherfucker. You crazy bitch. Hold on. 937. Fuck me. All right, keep your eye on this one. Uh, top of my head, I would say that's a, that's worth at least $5 million. Uh, she already has this attorney right in Schulte, LLC. Uh, nine, this is the attorney's. I'm going to call the attorney for the lady. Thank you for calling right in Schulte. Please press zero or hold by the call is connected. Oh, all right. Hey, Billy. Zany, what are you doing? I'm podcasting. Say hi to everybody. Hey, what's going on? I saw you called earlier, man. Yeah. What's, what's shaking? I was talking about the potential for awesomeness next week when we team up yet again. Yeah, you'll be uh, filling in as executive producer. I have a couple of the days slotted where uh, Monday it's just going to be me and you, the full show. Other days you'll jump in for an hour. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, cool. That, I'm cool with it. That's going to be great, Bill. Uh, who do you like this week? Do you think that uh, Jacksonville can recapture that magic? No, no. I, you know, they, they, had, they were lucky to beat Tennessee to 
uh, get to the playoffs. And then uh, I know they played well in the second half, but uh, they're done. I, I don't think Cincinnati's going to beat Buffalo. I think we're going to get that Buffalo-Kansas City AOC championship game. Let me ask you this, because I think since he's going to win, if DeMar Hamlin is on the sidelines cheering the team on and Buffalo's losing, should he fake a heart attack? <laughs> I'll tell you, man. See, this is exactly what I told Superfly. I said, do we get the Zane moment where it's just over? The show's <laughs> over. Uh, the career's over. Uh the same moment that the show's over. All right. Uh, that's it. Well, no, then, I, then you know good. what? DeMar Hamlin's a great story of inspiration, man. That dude. Yeah, I know. You know he, he's awesome. Don't say, he, you know, he survived and, you know, there's a good chance he's he could be back playing that. That's what I, yeah, that's, I can't wait to see that unfold. And I, yeah, I, I know, I know deep down you care about. Of course I do. Players. Of course I do. Yeah, it's not like it's not like any of your animals would be no. like uh, trick circus animals that could fake injuries. Exactly, exactly. I think Eagles over the Giants, 49ers over Cowboys. Niners beat the Eagles, and I'll go with the Bills. But gosh, they didn't look good. No, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be in Atlanta though. It's not gonna be at uh, Arrowhead or right. So it's going to be in Atlanta if the AFC Championship game is um, Buffalo and KC. I'll say that uh, they're playing for DeMar. I I like Buffalo, San Francisco Super Bowl, and uh, I think Buffalo is going to get the Super Bowl. Okay. Is that that, uh, Brock? Uh, Brock Purdy story is that not incre- that's incredible that if it hadn't been for some of the other amazing stories like like Demar Hamlin the fact that this guy comes out of nowhere and I mean he's he's the future for the 49ers now well Mr. Relevant which is the name you get a little trophy actually if you're the last player picked in the NFL draft and you know he was a he was a good borderline great quarterback at Iowa State so it's not like he's from some small school and didn't do anything. And Iowa State was really successful when he was there. Uh, And I I think what it says, though, it it talks about the offensive line, the weapons you have around you. It's kind of like how Geno Smith was able to step in with the Seahawks after they lost Wilson. So, yeah, quarterbacks can change a team, but it really is the weapons you have. And they have when they got Christian McCaffrey, that, that changed the Niners' season it didn't matter if jimmy g or trey lance or brock purdy when they have the ability to run the ball the ability for mccaffrey to take it to the house to catch out of the backfield when they got him from the panthers uh, i i thought that was the moment where the niners could be super bowl champions Billy, you are a legend, and I, uh, I'm going to see you very soon. It'll either be today or tomorrow. I'm going to see you every day, every day next week. Five days. I, oh, my God. I have nervous anxiety, fear. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, bowel movements, hey. irregular bowel movements. It's uh, coming. It's coming. Knowing I'm going to be with you for five days because you're going to be nice. Oh, yeah. You know, we, you're gonna we, have get... a lot of in studio, we have a lot of in-studio guests that Striegel's going to sit in with us on uh, Monday. I have other studio guests that. I just, you know, I'm with like, and the resident I'll let you sit in with. I don't worry, I have it all mapped hey, out. I can't you're, wait. You're gonna... I can't wait. It's my job to go get them from the lobby. Yeah, we're doing the show. We're no, we're doing the show, uh, the full show Monday, except 
Striegel's going to jump in because they got a lot of big names coming to Berlin. And, uh, you know, with their SRX series yep, on yep, yep. national TV. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll, be a, it'll be a cool week, Eric. I can't wait to see you, buddy, okay? All right, Billy, thank you. All right, man, we'll talk to you. See ya. Aram says, you should have said, we're making prank calls. We can't talk now. Yeah. We weren't going to get anywhere with them anyway. A pause in the action on Not the Best of, the Eric Zane Show podcast. We talk about King's Room Barbershop. Dudes in Grand Rapids get their hair cut like a king. I think I just made that up. King's Room Barbershop, three locations, Northland Drive, Caledonia. And, of course, the newest location at 821 36th Street in Wyoming, Michigan, next to the Costume Room. Go to kingsroom.net for exact locations and uh, schedules to see when your stylist is working. If you don't have a stylist, no big deal. Just walk in, say, hey, is this chair open? Why, yes, sit down. I had Andy cut my hair the first few times. And uh, he was under the weather the other day, so Gracie did an amazing job. She's awesome. King's Room Barbershop, online at kingsroom.net. Please mention EZ when you get your hair cut there. Thank you, as always, to Frank Fuss from My Policy Shop Insurance. Frank is an absolute savior. If you have anything that you need done with insurance, it could be life insurance, it could be health care through the marketplace. It could be Medicare because, you know, you're of age or uh, maybe someone you know or love is. Frank can handle anything when it comes to making sure that your Social Security is set up appropriately. Now, obviously, not everybody that listens to my show is getting ready to dive into Medicare and Social Security, but someone you know or love may. Okay, this is all I'm asking. Spread the word to go to buyinsurancehere.com, B-U-Y, insurancehere.com, so Frank Fuss can talk you through it and help you out. And you should know, you don't give money to Frank, okay? He does not get paid by you and I. He gets paid by insurance companies. He puts people in those policies, okay? That's how this works. So reach out to Frank through his website, buyinsurancehere.com. All right. Rolling on with more of Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. All right. Holy shit, that was a disaster. If you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a there was a first version of this podcast that was to happen today, 10 minutes ago. And I started it, and all hell broke loose. I still don't even know if it's not, if it, I think it's okay. Hello, Adam. So after I finish up the first podcast, you know what? I, uh, I went, the Zenith is in a different spot. Like, like that'll help it. You know, this is the piece of equipment that I kicked the shit out of like one day after I got it and did something to it. So now it starts making those crazy-ass fucking spaceship static sounds every so often. And then I bash it with my hand, which I'm sure isn't helping. So I moved it, and it seemed to have stopped the problem. I don't know why. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. 
Well, it's not exactly in the most secure location, and it, it took a tumble after the first show. And uh, I did something to it because I uh, I went to go start this show out, and everything was just a shit show. Oh, that was horrible. There it is. It's done it again. It just did it again. Holy fuck. It was tap on it and then it stopped. This might be the end of the podcast. This might be the, I mean, like the whole thing is just going to go up in flames. And then I won't be podcasting anymore. I'll have to full-time cook at Bosco's. Holy shit. Could be worse. Could be Alec Baldwin. Uh, audio check, video check. Uh, this is what uh, this is what this guy's going through. Alec Baldwin spotted in New York City after being charged in the Rust shooting. Oh yeah. It, it, He's walking into the uh, building. He's covering up his face. Like like we don't know who you are. Don't touch me. Don't push me. I think I think it was yeah, that's I think that was one of the paparazzi. You know, that that's a bad deal. Uh they're, they're like fighting back these days. If you shove the paparazzi, you're gonna get yourself in trouble. That's all you're going to get. A little bit more on that. On Alec Baldwin. Um, The latest. There's a PR firm that's uh, weighing in on this, and they're saying that uh, uh, Alec Baldwin manslaughter charge puts him on Hollywood's blacklist. Well, I would hope, PR experts say, but it's not the end of his career. Alec Baldwin's going to spend some time on Hollywood's blacklist after he's charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter, which is bullshit. I mean, seriously, uh, talk about an opportunity lost. If you really wanted to draw some attention to whatever it is that you want to do, you you should go ahead and hire him. Like for anything. Now he might it might be a self-imposed thing where he's like, "Yeah, I I better just lay low." You know? But um Yeah, I I think it, I think that's a mistake. Adam says he's not the only one being charged, is he? No, no, no. The um, armorer, the the chick, she's uh, she's being charged too with uh, manslaughter. <clears throat> PR experts said Baldwin's career will likely recover with time. Eric Schiffer, who is the chairman of reputation management consultants 
says Thursday is a bad day for Baldwin's brand. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay. He's going to face justice for what should never have happened. And this is an incident that will cause him to be in this short term, a future pariah in Hollywood. Now, one thing we really didn't touch on yesterday was twice Baldwin has said, I had, I never pulled a trigger. The gun just exploded in my hand and went off. And then that's it. He said he pulled, he was an old style, like, you know, John Wayne revolver. He pulled the hammer back and pointed it, but never pulled the trigger. The prosecution says that is a lie. And they have evidence to prove the lie. Uh-oh. Cover up worse than the crime. First justice has to be determined. Schiffer said, I don't think it's the end of Baldwin, but it will be a terrifying period for him that he brought upon himself for deciding to do what no rational person would normally do. That's the thing. They talk about, oh, yeah, you never point a gun at anyone. Oh, yes, that that's true. Um, but... I mean, in the, in the course of making the film, if there's a, a camera shot where you have to point the gun right at the camera, inevitably there's going to be someone there at the camera, right? Or am I wrong? Maybe I, maybe I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. At any rate, it all falls on his watch because he produced the film, so... I guess safety on the set. And they've talked about, I, I just can't wait to find out what in God's name happened with why there were live rounds on the set. Why would live rounds be on the set? Why would live rounds go into the gun that he's going to be using? Someone did that. Uh, I've, I've never really lost sight of the idea. I think I floated the idea of a possible conspiracy theory because uh, Baldwin is public enemy number one to the MAGA scum of the world. Who Could he have possibly have been set up? Stranger things have happened. Not many, but stranger things have, hap- have happened. Um, moving forward, Baldwin should keep his mouth shut. I don't think there'll be a problem there and said Baldwin's interviews since the shooting have not done himself any favors because he spent too much time positioning himself as the victim and deflecting responsibility for the tragedy. So basically if he had just stayed quiet, he might not have incriminated himself. But now since the prosecution maintains that he, did in fact pull that, well, they they will present evidence that proves that he pulled that trigger, so they say. Uh, That would be terrible. The focus instantly became his dramatic claim that the gun in his hand went off without him pulling the trigger, Nearman added. Uh, Baldwin fatally shot 42-year-old Helena Hutchins while rehearsing a scene in which he pointed a Colt forty-five revolver at a camera on a Santa Fe movie set for Russ. Rust, not Russ. The shooting also injured the film's director, Joel Souza. 
After the shooting, Baldwin called it a tragic accident, said he never pulled the trigger. An FBI report last year concluded that the gun used in the shooting could not have been fired without pulling the trigger. Uh-oh. Schiffer called Baldwin's claim that he never pulled the trigger a big lie, adding that it was not only horrifyingly dumb, but defies gun physics. His biggest problem is he continues to tell the public that guns are going to magically fire themselves. Baldwin's attorney, Luke Nickus, called the decision to bring charges against the actor a terrible miscarriage of justice and said that Baldwin had no reason to believe there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on the movie set. He relied on the professionals with whom he worked who assured him the gun did not have live rounds. He said, we will fight these charges and we will win. Now, okay, maybe. Uh, maybe. Um, I mean, we don't know how the bullets got in the gun. I honestly believe that he, well, I know, well, I don't know, but I believe that he knew that there was no live rounds in there. That would be insane. Um, but I do believe he did pull that trigger. But and, and for me, the bigger issue is how the hell, two questions, why are live rounds there? For what purpose would you have live rounds there? You're making a fucking movie. It's make-believe. There's no point to have live rounds anywhere near that set. And who's a dumb fuck that would put them into the gun knowing what's about to happen? That is, that is fucked up. Stevie says, big fraud Alec. I, I wonder what, you know, now that you mention it, I wonder what Trump thinks about all this. Trump, as you know, hates Alec Baldwin. I wonder if, uh, if if the president is around. I should blow in a call and see if perhaps we could get him on the line here to, to uh, talk about this. I mean, keeps him out of the headlines, you know. Hello, this is America's favorite president, Donald Trump. Who do I owe the pleasure? Mr. Former President, it's Eric Zane. How are you? Big Fred Zane. Well, you know, there's so much going on right now. There's there's so much going on, and we're so busy. So I'm, I I wish I could say I I had all the time in the world. What 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 are you so busy doing, Mr. President? Well, you know, there's there's so much going on right now with all these investigations. We've got the well, you know, they, they, these big witch hunts going on in New York with my company, they're, they're, they're fining my employees these great, these great million dollars and things like right, that. Right, right. I did hear absolutely about that. Absolutely insane. I did hear about that. I saw that. And then, uh, you know, you, you probably are well aware of the document fraud. Speaking of witch hunts, is, there's, uh, is, is there a witch hunt going uh, uh, on against uh, President Biden right now? Would you call that a witch hunt, too? Biden is such a clown when you think about it. The media isn't even, they're not even looking into it like they did when, when the documents came my way. You know, these documents, by the way, these were just file folders that I found. They were like keepsakes. They're, you know, these people, they come into the Oval Office and they, they take these folders and these documents and things like that. And they, when they, when they leave, they take the papers and I kept the folders as keepsakes. Oh, you, so you I, okay. I you actually like collecting folders is what you're saying. Well, of course it's, it's a neat little keepsake, you know, like okay. a trinket of sorts. Yeah. Well, uh, and that seems to be, uh, 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 
causing trouble for Biden, too. And speaking of trouble, I don't know if you heard the story about uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh, he's, he's such a he's such a lunatic. You know, he shoots people and all this stuff. Alec Baldwin, not a good guy. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it might have been an accidental. Oops. I think it might have been an accidental shooting, though, Mr. Former well, we President. don't know. We don't know. You know, he says he didn't fire the gun. So it's some kind of, it's like a JFK magic gun or something. We don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's lying about pulling the trigger. But, I, I yeah, I, I don't, uh, what do you think about his impression of you? Are you uh, are you rooting that he gets convicted of manslaughter since he, he makes fun of you uh, regularly, Mr. Mr. Former President? Well, he's so unfunny. Saturday Night Live and NBC and all that. It's so unfunny what he was doing. And the ratings really weren't there. The ratings proved that he was not that good at it, and people really didn't like it. I know they didn't like that uh, impression, and it really was not funny. Are there is there anyone, Mr. Former President, who you think does a decent impression of you that actually... I, I don't think it's possible to do an impression of Donald Trump, do you? I mean, let's be honest about that. I, I mean, why would you impersonate someone who's so perfect like me? Right, right. Why? Yes, that's that's a good point. But uh, you you know, uh, over the years, people have tried to impersonate you. But have you hey, you haven't caught wind of one that even sounds even remotely like you? The truth is, impersonations are so they're so hurtful when you think about it. I don't think there's anything funny about it. In fact, if if I had it my way, maybe impersonators wouldn't be around. Yes. I don't know. You would maybe put some forth uh, some type of law if you're uh, reelected coming up in 2024. How's that going, by the way? You're as the days creep on. You know, the media, the crooked media, is saying that I'm not doing that much. I don't know if you've heard this. They're saying that I haven't done that much. The truth is, it's so far away. We've got so many big rallies planned. You're gonna love it. We've got so much music we're looking into. We've got. Miley Cyrus and such and so forth. We're thinking about doing great things with these rallies. Miley Cyrus is your con- wow! I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize she was a supporter of you. I thought you were stuck with like uh, uh, Lee Greenwood and uh, Leonard Skinner and stuff like that. Well, of course, of course, we'll always have Leonard Skinner, but we're trying to we're trying to really expand the horizon. Maybe get some Miley Cyrus in there. Wow, we don't know if she's going to sign it out of line, but. The money's good for her. You know, she could use the money right now. She could now. use the money. All right. All right. Very good. I, did, I didn't realize she was in trouble financially. Boy, you seem to know everything, Mr. Mr. Former President. It, uh, well, of course. It's remarkable. Course, very important guy, you know. The, yes. The, and, you know, they got this this George Scamos. Uh, I think I'm going to call him. He's a he's such a scam. Have you been watching the news with him? Yeah, George uh, Santos. He's a fellow Republican of yours uh, out of the state of New York. Is he a Republican? We don't really know. I mean, he says so many things. I mean, let's be honest. I don't even know. We, we Do we know who he is? Well, he says he's he's had several identities, and uh, he's a uh, he's a gay man who uh, uh, dresses up as a drag queen. Uh, uh, what are your you thoughts? Know, he, looks, he looks a lot like uh, your governor when he dresses up like a drag I, queen. I it's was just... Impressive. Yes, I was just talking about that. Actually, George Santos... Is an attractive woman. Uh, do you agree or disagree, Mr. Former President? Well, you know, I think I think she, I think she. I guess if he's going to dress up like that, we could call it she. Is that okay? I don't know. I, yeah, we, I don't know either. Very attractive. You know, I th- I wonder if maybe maybe Gretchen Whitmer is George Scamos. 
Perhaps. Perhaps. We don't know that. That's all. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, Mr. President, well, I tell you what, I really appreciate you. It's always wonderful talking to you, uh, sir, to take the time to talk to your pal, Big Fraud Zane. Always appreciate the call, Big Fraud Zane. I think maybe, maybe we've got great things in the future. You know, I've got plans for you. Big plans. You're going to love them. I, well, I am always glad to hear that, Mr. Former President. You're, you're fantastic. Again, a great, great guest on our show. I'm so lucky. Wonderful you're doing this bad publicity on Alec Baldwin as well. I got to thank you for that. All right. He really doesn't need any good publicity. Have a great day, okay. uh, Big Fraud Zane. Thank- we'll uh, catch you later. Thank you, Mr. President. There you go. The former president, uh, uh, Trump. I keep switching from calling him Mr. Former President and and, and Mr. President. Uh, yeah, Stevie says, yeah, I, I don't think she's Miley Cyrus is hurting for cash. Uh, Stevie indicates that Miley is... um. Worth $160 million. So I, I don't know if that's uh, uh, reasonable to say. Um, my God. Whew. Well, anyway. Baldwin's in deep shit. President didn't have too much to say about him, but uh, uh, I am very anxious to see how this story unfolds. Okay, moving on. Um, the very last Detroit Lions game of the year. I am wearing my Lions gear now, of course, off of that glow from that. Uh, it's crazy. A successful season in which they didn't even make the playoffs. But still, there's a lot of uh, fervor for them and everybody's uh, stoked. But at the end of the year, they played at Green Bay on national TV. And uh, on the Sunday night telecast, the players are allowed to introduce themselves ahead of time. They put a camera on them and say, all right, say your name and where you're from. And, uh, uh, a couple of the guys said like their elementary schools and one guy, uh, 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 Rodriguez said, I went to Barry Sanders university, which is Oklahoma state. Uh, so that's cool. But, um, Jamal Williams, the running back, he, uh, he's kind of a clown. He's hysterical. He's like a, he's like a child, frankly. Um, in fact, I got a, I'm going to play you this Jamal Williams mic'd up. He the guy has so much fun when he when he plays. Let me see if I can get you this. Jamal Williams mic'd up. Yeah, this is the one I want you to see. I don't know if that is it. Jamal Williams. Fucking me. Jamal Williams mic'd up. Hmm. All right. Bear with me. Sorry. I suck. I did this on the fly. Oh, no. No, there's Trump. Jesus. Come on, get your head out of your ass, Eric. All right, this ad is almost done. But he's like a kid at heart. And uh, I really just love the guy's spirit when he's when he's playing football. He's awesome. Easy, one more time. One more time for the day. Come on. Come on. TJ. Everything. I know I got one more in me. Yeah. Let's go. I know you got one more. Yeah. Yes. One more out of you, right? One more. Give me some more juice one more time. One more juice one more time. Come on. Let's go, baby. One of those days, baby. Great day. Great feeling. Football, great feeling. Ah. Ball, go get you going. Hey, you, ain't, hey, you ain't got to come over that 
that boot to me, man. You already know I'm ready. Oh, yeah, I you know, know I'm ready, man. Hey, I know you're let's ready. go, man. Ready to hit. Yeah! I'm ready to hit. Yeah. This is why black people are so much better than white people. If a white guy tried doing any of this, he'd get the fuck kicked out of him because it'd be so shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Black people are just happier than whites. National anthem. I wish it wouldn't have included that. It's like it's something about just being real bony, skinny. It's just hard to tackle. You know what I mean? Because you know you'd be like you your shoulder there, but ain't no meat on them to hit. Yeah. All right, you get the idea. Um, this is what he said when he was doing the player introductions. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the den. Now, I didn't understand what the fuck he said. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the den. But I learned that the thing he's got on his head. First swag, Kazakage, leader of the hidden village of the den. Now, sometimes, I mean, I don't speak black. So I didn't know what the fuck was going on there. I don't speak black and I don't speak anime. But the headband was an anime thing. And uh, what he was saying was an anime thing. Okay? And uh, this reporter from some TV station interviewed. I'm, I'm about to get on people's heads for not being able to understand what I said. And then there's videos of literally online that with subtitles that explains what I said. People loved your Sunday night intro. All right. Lay it out there. What, what did you say last night? First swag, Kazakage. Kaze, Kage. K A Z E, K A G E. Basically, in anime terms or nerd terms, it means president for a certain village. So that's why I said, then leader of the hidden village of the den. It's basically just a, my own version of Naruto. So. What the? I know yeah. that about you. But that's for all the non nerds who don't understand nerd talk. So. Sorry, you uh, are playing. <laughs> okay, so I don't know what the fuck any of that means, but what I love about that fucker is that he doesn't give a shit how much of a dork he looks like. You know what I mean? To me, there's something spectacular about someone who's who's willing... Stevie writes, is he speaking jive like in that airplane movie? No, no, he's speaking anime. <sighs> Kyler Wells says, what about Kirk Cousins? You like that? Kirk Cousins, that guy sucks. Holy shit. Fourth and eight. He throws a three-yard pass. What an asshole. 
Oh, my God. All right. Update. Thank you to my pal Stevie for sending this along. Uh, A lot of you may remember this moment right here. Rest in peace to your ears. This was when the uh, shop owner in San Francisco had a homeless lady in front of his shop. And uh, he decided to spray her with a water hose. This is like, this is like one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. The way he's just standing there in that posture, gloating over her, demeaning, dehumanizing. I don't give a fuck if she is homeless. If she, I don't care if she's taking a shit on the sidewalk. That is no way to treat a human being. My God, was that bad. Well, this dude's in deep shit now. Um, right away when I saw this and when we talked about it the uh, first time, I was like, this is fucking assault. And uh, yeah, he was arrested. He is in deep shit. Uh, San Francisco Police Department in a recent report has been reported that dude has been taken into custody and is potentially looking at facing a sentence for battery if convicted. And I don't know how he would not be convicted. Uh, The San Francisco Police Department released a statement on Facebook saying they were initially called to the incident regarding a possible assault. Possible? Fucking yes, absolutely assault. Days later, they added on January 18th, 2023 at approximately 3.30 p.m., Gwynn was arrested. Uh, transported to the San Francisco County Jail where he was booked for the uh, arrest warrant on the charge of battery. Um, I would say assault and battery. Maybe they're the same. Uh, The statement added that while an arrest has been made, this remains an open and active investigation before urging anyone with further info to uh, come forward. Since the incident, Gwynn has closed his gallery, took down its social media accounts after the video prompted viewers to leave negative reviews, Fuck that. Firebomb that place. With some even going as far as vandalizing his building. Good. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Vigilante justice. Burn that fucking place to the ground. Fuck that guy. Mr. Gwynn will face appropriate consequences for his actions. San Francisco DA Brooke Jenkins said in a statement. Likewise, the vandalism at Foster Gwynn Gallery is also completely unacceptable and must stop. Two wrongs do not make it right. Look. It's terrible that they have that situation in California where so many homeless people are on the street. Awful. And it's, uh, that community, the whole state, it's, it's perfect for, uh, for homeless people. Uh, you you cannot be uh, charged or convicted for being homeless or, you know, doing what people do. And that is live on the streets. The person who decides to figure out the homeless uh, problem in California and tackle it and is successful will be a rich rich person and uh i don't know if they're not trying to figure it out or it's not worth it to figure it out but you gotta figure something out um i would start with 
yes, you can be homeless. Yes, you can live on the street. But like only in this zone, you know? Why Why not create a, a, a whole fucking park? Beautiful, manicured lawn, toilets, uh, showers, and you can come and go as you like. Bring your own tent. Come camp at the homeless resort. What the fuck is wrong with that? That's got to be better than living on the actual street, right? There's got to be a way to do this. Holy shit. Anything's better than what you're doing right now. Fuck. Uh, some of you fans that love Michigan football, Kevin Kuypers, uh, probably worried about your old pal Jim Harbaugh. Kenny writes, vigilante justice, good. Nate, who's a uh, heartless, soulless prick, right, writes, yet she's not smart enough to move. Are you, you know what? That's disgusting. You're smarter than that, Nate Bull. You're smarter than that right now. Holy cow. You know that what that guy was doing was wrong. Nick says, would you let a bum set up shop in my front yard? Well, first of all, uh, that's my property. The sidewalk is not that guy's property. So why don't you give me an example, Nick, that actually applies to what we're talking about here? There's no way to treat anybody. And you know it. Kuypers, his pal Jim Harbaugh, who's a dick, is refusing to agree on a charge? Yeah, I don't know that you can do that. I I don't think that if the governing body, being the NCAA, says uh, we're charging you, I don't think you can go, "Uh, no, you're not. Harbaugh is accused of reaching out to recruits at a time that he was not supposed to do that. And somebody narked his ass out. Harbaugh told NCAA investigators in multiple meetings this week that he will not agree to an unethical conduct uh, conduct charge. You don't have a choice, dick. The whole Harbaugh family is full of assholes. Between John being the cock to Melissa Stark at halftime and Jim just always being an asshole, except for when he was pushing Michi into the end zone. Michigan announced two weeks ago that it received a notice of allegations from the NCAA that the governing body is looking into potential rules infractions within the football program. It involves impermissible texts and calls, including some by Harbaugh to high school prospects during part of a pandemic-related dead period for contact with potential recruits. Jim, above the rules, decided to just go ahead and do what he wanted. They found out about it and said, ah, you broke the rules. Now you're fucked. Uh, the NCAA is also looking at whether a member of Michigan's off-field football staff violated rules by doing on-the-field coaching during practice. All right. Boy, a lot of rules to be a fucking college football team. Harbaugh uh, accused of not being forthcoming about the potential violations, and the NCAA considers that unethical conduct and a level one infraction. Now, I don't know if, if that's the lowest or the highest. I think that's got to be the lowest, right? 
I mean, how much trouble can you get in for texting, texting some guy? Meanwhile, there's also the story about the Michigan co-offensive coordinator, Matt uh, Weiss. Don't know what's going on there. Everybody's being hush-hush, but uh, an investigation by Michigan police, a report of computer access crimes over a three-day span last month at the team's training facility. Supposedly, uh, it was Weiss accused of accessing email accounts at the school without proper authorization. Now, I don't know if that means uh, getting someone's password and logging into their workstation or what but whatever it is uh this might be a problem i always think that this involved um some guy and his pud i just think that somehow sex is going to be involved in this story possibly children that's just my gut feeling I mean, they're making a pretty big deal about this. And it's like his house was raided too. Weiss is cooperating fully with investigators. Jesus, if he just went in and used someone's computer, they wouldn't have all this shit going on. I say where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a look at that guy's computers and found all sorts of kid dick. The Wolverines seem to kick off their week with good news on Monday when University of Michigan President Yoko Ono shared on social media that Harbaugh told him he was staying at the school, ending another round of speculation that he would go back to coaching in the NFL. Uh, That's just kind of a drag. Every year they have to put up with that shit. It's like, look, you either tell me now, I never want to hear about this again. Okay, if I'm Yoko Ono, I'll say, you got to come out, come clean with me and never, ever entertain. We're going to pay you a hell of a lot of money, more than you'd make in pro football. No more of this fucking going on interviews with these other jobs, dick. Fuck you. In the country of Australia, look what they discovered. This is a toad. The previous world record was 5.8 pounds. This beast is 6 pounds. Now, first thing I did when I saw this, I was like, why are you holding him like that? What the fuck is wrong with you? I felt bad right away. Here's a better uh, picture of him. His legs are still held together. Look at the size of it in his face. He's like, okay, can I please go back to eating shit on the ground? Here he is in a bucket. They found this toad, absolutely huge. Uh, Sydney, Australia, six pounds after they stumbled upon it. Hang on, I got to sneeze. Oh, God. Now, something as grand as a six-pound toad. I mean, that is, uh, that's tremendous. But that's not the end of the story. What do you do when you get a six-pound toad, Guinness Book of World Record holder? Uh, Never, ever in the world has there been a bigger toad, and you have it. In your possession. Well, you kill it, of course, 
because that's what they did. They murdered the toad. They found the biggest toad that's ever graced the planet. A record that's stood since 1991. And they said, all right, let's take a picture of it. All right, who's going to kill it? And then they killed the toad. We considered naming her Connie after Conway National Park, but Toadzilla was the one that just kept getting thrown out there. So that kind of stuck. They even named the fucking thing. The animal was euthanized due to its ecological impact. The usual fate for the toads across Australia. What the fuck? I hate that. How? (laughs) Cane toads were introduced to Australia in 1935 to control cane beetles and other pests, but their population exploded, and with no natural predators, they have become a threat to Australian species. All right. Well, then go ahead and euthanize all the other ones, but not this one. A female cane toad, like potentially Toadzilla, would lay up to 35,000 eggs. So their capacity to reproduce is quite staggering. And all parts of the cane toad's breeding cycle are poisonous to Australian native species. So prevention is a big part of how we need to manage them, he said. Toad's body, Toadzilla's body was donated to the Queensland Queensland Museum for Research. That makes me so fucking sad. Jesus. My God. And who's the low man on the totem pole who's got to kill a toad? A big fucking toad like that, man. I mean, in my opinion, the fucking dick squirting the homeless lady on the streets of San Francisco, that guy deserves to die instead of the fucking toad. What a crock of shit. I'm fucking mad about that. Uh, Nick says... Invasive species, invasive species. If you catch a bass in Yellowstone Park, you're supposed to kill it immediately. God, I, I could not do that. I just couldn't do it. I don't have, well, you know, um, that fucking uh, instinct or killer psychopath gene that you fucking lunatics have. Uh, Nate says maybe it's high man on the totem pole gets the honors of killing it. Nate strikes me as the type of guy who's going to go to Africa and he's going to shoot like uh, there's going to be a lion that's like 30 years old uh, and it's going to be like in a cage that's one foot bigger than the lion. And uh, someone's going to put a gun in his hand And he's going to shoot it in the head and go, look, I was hunting. And then take a picture with it or some shit. The fuck? A pause in the action on not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Say hello to my friends over at Impact Power Sports. That crew is amazing. Go see them in Rockford, Michigan. Check out all the fantastic toys that they have for sale. You can head to their website, impactpowersportsmi.com, to check out some of the inventory, maybe a side-by-side 
ATV, motorcycle. Um, how about a golf cart? They are Michigan's newest Yamaha dealer of Yamaha golf carts. The best in the business. Get it at Impact Power Sports, online at impactpowersportsmi.com. And they work on everything they sell, or if you have something that you didn't even buy there and you need some work done on it, they will do it for you at Impact Power Sports. You got to get this stuff fixed, okay? Because you tore it up during the nice weather, and then you repair the shit during the not-so-nice weather so you can tear it up again in the nice weather. Thank you, Impact Power Sports. All right. Let's see. Where am I here? One, two, one, two. Irvine's. My God. Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. Keep your car on the road with preventative maintenance or if basically the shit hits a fan, they'll help you any way possible. 616-532-6600 for Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and ev their website irvines.com ervines.com for more information the eric zane show podcast is powered by the eufy video smart lock e330 this thing's amazing these people sent me one and i'm so happy i love it so much it's a lock it's a 2k camera it's a doorbell three in one triple security you know a lot of the times when you buy something that's like a camera so you can see who's at your door. You're going to have to pay a monthly fee. That is not the case with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330. And by the way, I want you to search E-U-F-Y Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door the eufy video lock is easy to install set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required thank goodness because if i did that there'd be holes all over the place it'd be horrible keyless entry no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full never worry about the kids losing keys or passing among the renters one second unlocking with get this ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be it's fingerprint recognition on this thing you gotta try this out search eufy video lock that's e-u-f-y video lock or go to eufyofficial.com slash video lock full three-in-one triple security with eufy say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Okay, we're rolling on with more of Not the Best of, the Eric Zane Show podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, friends. How are you? Oh, my gosh. We meet again for another edition of the Eric Zane Show Patreon bonus podcast. Oh, man. I, uh, I, I just feel spectacular. And it has to do with cleaning this room. Who was it? It was some army major who said, wake up every morning and make your bed. When you make your bed, 
You feel you've accomplished something. You get something done. And and I agree with that. Do I do that? No. No, fuck no. Just get up and go. Uh, I forgot who it was on this show. It might have been Chris K. Who, he's similar to me. Trash it, clean it. Trash it, clean it. I'm good at trashing it. But I'm very good at cleaning it, too. I love cleaning shit up. And then looking at it and going, yeah, I got something done. A week previously, I, I scrubbed the uh, floor of, uh, we have this walk-in pantry. And I first of all, I organized everything in the fucking pantry. And I threw out all the expired food. And then uh, and the cans of shit, you know, and uh, it's uh, the scrub the floor. And I was like, oh, everything's organized. Looks like a fucking mini mart in there. And uh, smells clean, looks clean. It is clean. Yes. And then uh, when the guys deliver the washer uh, to the house, the clothes washer, I, I, ah, this room's a pit. We got to clean it up. You got a new washer in here. You can't have a fucking filthy floor. Scrub the floor. Yes. Yes. And then this room. I, I can count on one hand how many times I've actually cleaned this room. But it involves unhooking everything. All of the wires, all the cords, everything gets set over into a pile. And then uh, clean this whole area that you can't see. And then vacuum and sprinkle that shit down that makes the carpet smell good. I was telling you about it. And it just smells so clean. Uh, clean all the throws that I put like on the uh, on the couch and the chair over there. And I, I, I tell you what, I come in and I go, yeah, this is what it's all about. And then in two weeks, it's going to smell like dog dick in here. Trash it, clean it. Trash it, clean it. Holy shit. I was just reminded that uh, we're coming up on another fireversary. It's the big one. I actually pay more attention to the BBL fireversary because it was BBL and then two days later, start the podcast. I think I was more um, clear in mind after that, the BBL fire to this. My mind was clearer than when I got fired from Free Beer and Hot Wings. I think a lot of that had to do with because, you know, I was kind of like whittled down to nothing with uh, my time at BBL. Remember, they had cut my pay in half. So I wasn't making shit. Um, well, no, I was I was making a good living, but not nearly what I was. Obviously, cut in half. Holy shit, fifty percent—that's a lot. Um, truth be told, what I do on this show, I make considerably more than what I made on BBL, and that's like a real brag right there. That is—I'm very very proud of that. Make no mistake. But it's a lot of hard work. I spent a lot of time doing this. More than I've ever done. I, I do more work doing this podcast than I've ever done in anything in my life. And when I say work, it's all, it's pretty much mental. Um, but it, it's, a, it's an unbelievable amount of time consumption to make this happen. And what am I vo- uh, motivated by? Fear. Truth. But we are getting dangerously close to the day when it all came crashing down. Boy, I can look back on this and laugh now. 
But uh, February 5th was the day, and I'm not sure if I have the audio of that day. Uh, February 4th was um, the day before where I got the, um, uh, I I had the uh, basketball game at the Deltaplex when the shot clock didn't work. And I remember like, oh man, that's a, this is going to be great to talk about on the show. And um, actually, I wasn't 100% convinced I was going to talk about it, but it only was until I got into that room again and we were having yet another show where it was fucking boring. I've said this before. That show, uh, prior to me leaving it, had already started to decline. We weren't doing anything fun like we used to. And I didn't like Greg. I still don't like fucking Greg. Uh, but you know, it's not, not easy to do a show where you're trying to be laughy and enjoy yourself with a person that you don't like, but, uh, it was yet another moment when it was another stupid phone topic or Greg ripping something off of Reddit or something boring. And, uh, I was like, Hey, I got something to talk about. Something happened last night at the basketball game. I want to talk about that. Okay. So I tell the story about the fucking shot clocks fucking break. And I have to count down from 10, which by the way, happened again recently. I had to do that, but I, uh, uh, didn't have as bad of an attitude about it. In telling that story, I referred to Joel as the, the dumb, dumb with the dungarees who shot clock stinks and the place is a dump. He calls the radio station. Uh, Russ picks up the phone. This is Thursday after the show. And, uh, Hey, I heard you talking about the Delta Plex there. Yeah. So what? I'm probably going to get a phone call from, uh, Joel Angloy. I go. And. Yeah, he's not gonna be up. He's not gonna be happy with that. Just letting you know. Uh huh. Okay. See you later. I didn't think another thing of it. Are you kidding me? It's not like I I said the guy's a fucking uh, 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 racist or a cocksucker or something horrible. I was I was so floored when I get a fucking phone call at three in the afternoon from this piece of shit Russ, and he's mad. Oh boy, you did it now, and I'm getting sick and tired of having to having to uh, answer for you. You see me first thing in the morning when I get in there Friday. Get the fuck out of here! Are you kidding me? Friday, I get in there. Russ got his fucking pleated pants pulled up to his tits in his office. I wander and I go, uh, yeah. You go on the air there and you apologize for that horrible thing you did. I made fun of his fucking pants. You get in there, you ninny. Fuck. So there's audio of me again apologizing. One day I'll find that and unearth it and we'll go. Ben and I will play it on the uh, uh, Who Are These Zanes? Go through. We should go through clips of all of my apologies that I didn't mean. Um, prior to that, I was playing the uh, Peter Griffin, you have AIDS drop. You have AIDS. 
like nine months earlier and i got in a shit ton of trouble for that and i was like you got to be kidding me no i know it's important that we keep doing that yeah someone who has aids reached out and i'm like russ don't believe that there i can guarantee you no one who has aids reached out it's someone probably from another radio station trying to get me in trouble I don't believe that there's actually a guy who had AIDS and was pissed off. Okay. I would need to see, uh, you know, his, uh, his skin ulcers to make me believe that we actually have an AIDS. Can you get up the nerve to say, we don't believe that you have AIDS. We're going to need to, you're going to need to prove to us that you No, they didn't do any of that shit. So I got in big trouble for that one. So I was on thin ice. It's all it took. Make fun of fucking Joel's pants. And then uh, uh, Russ, go on the air and apologize. So I did. It was shitty. Uh, Greg's, by the way, uh, Greg was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I had a bad feeling about what you said about uh, the Delta Plex is going to get you in trouble. It's like, well, then why didn't you dump it, you dickhead? He never would hit the dump. He would always like let it go. Like, fucking get aggressive with it. You're running the dump. Hit the fucking button, you dickhead. Um, anyway. So I apologize. And then uh, after the show on Friday, I'll never forget it because Ray Bentley was in there talking Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was Sunday with uh, uh, the one when Peyton Manning run. Uh, run. Peyton Manning won with the, the fucking Broncos. And uh, that was the last time I saw Ray Bentley. All right, uh, show meeting. Fuck me. And these cocks proceed to just blow my ass up. Steve, like, you're going to get us fired. It's like, I am not going to get you fucking fired. We're on 25 of their fucking radio stations. If they fire us, they have to fire, they have to find 25 new morning shows, you fucking dicks. Fucking grow a pair. Nothing's going to happen. Shut up. But they fucking rub my face and shit. And then Russ says, you're suspended for a week. And we're taking your money, too. You don't get paid. Fuck. So I go home. And then that was it. That was, um, that all happened um, Thursday, February. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm fucking this up. Wednesday, February 3rd was the game. Thursday, February 4, 2016 I made fun of Joel's pants. Thursday afternoon is when fuckface Russ called me at home. Friday is when I had to apologize. Friday after the show is when they all yelled at me and treated me like I was a fucking piece of shit saying racist shit on the air. I go home. Saturday, Sunday's the Super Bowl. Uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I'm not at the radio station. Everybody's just chatter. Where's Eric? Where's Eric? Holy shit. Everyone's like, oh my God, where is he? What's going on? Um, Friday morning, they call me in. Friday morning, the 12th of February, they call me into the radio station. They fire me. And then um, 14th, Sunday, the 14th. Um. Actually, the 15th was uh, President's Day, Monday. They they gave Free Beer and Out Wings the day off because they didn't know what the fuck they were going to say yet. And uh, 
they had given me like that document. You either you either got to. Um, they said you have uh, thirty days to sign this document about whether you want to be uh, fired or you resigned. Now, if you sign this, then you're saying you resigned, and you have to. What that does is it absolves us. You can't say shit about us ever again. You can't talk shit about us. You can't say Russ is a pook, uh, pussy. Pookie. Can't say Town Square Media sucks tons of dick. You can't talk about any of this shit. And then we're going to give you, it was a, a several months pay or something like that. It amounted to a lot of money. And uh, I had 30 days to mull it over whether I wanted to sign that. On day two, uh, they're like, hey, you going to sign that? I said, I don't know yet. I haven't even looked at it. Maybe. Then I went out to lunch with Greg and Chris, actually, on Saturday the uh, 13th. I was fired on the 12th, went out to lunch at Applebee's in Granville with Greg and Chris. And that was when Hot Wings, who never said shit to me, suddenly goes, hey, I really think you ought to sign that document. I really think it's important that you sign that document and take that money, that non-disclosure agreement. I really think you should sign that. And I go, really? Wow. Okay. Good to know. Thanks for your opinion. And he brought it up again, like later. Yeah. So anyway, as I was saying, I'm like, yeah, I, I heard you. That fucking asshole doesn't want me to say shit about this. So then we figure out the terms of breaking up the company, which they had to buy me out of. And they owed me $120,000. So they gave me that money. And then I said, well, I don't know yet if I'm going to sign this thing. And they're like, why? I go, well, I don't, I don't know. I, that's none of your business, frankly. Uh, I might sign it. I might not. I've got a, a year's worth of pay that I don't have to do anything. And I'm going to be working in uh, a minimum of 30 days anyway. So I'm going to take your money that you just gave me. And I'm going to be working. I'm going to take a month off. And then I'm going to be working again. So I don't know if I need that other money. And I want to be able to say whatever the fuck I want without worrying about getting sued. So fuck you. Mind your own business. Um, I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. Uh, they get the day off, President's Day on that Monday. And then Greg calls me. First, uh, um, Russ calls me. And he goes, so have you decided what you're going to sign our document yet? I go, no, no, I haven't decided yet. Well, the show's got to go on Monday or Tuesday. What, what are they going to say? That you resigned or you quit? Or that you resigned or you were fired? What are they going to say? I go, fuck, I don't know what you're going to do. That's not my responsibility. I, I Remember when you fired me? You fucking piece of shit. What the, why are you asking me? You All you did was give me a document and I have 30 days to read it, give it to my lawyer, consider it, think about it, pray over it like we do in Hudsonville. Uh, and I have 30 days and then I decide whether I want to, uh, what I want to do, you know, if I sign it, you give me money. If I don't sign it, you don't give me money. Quite simple. Well, this doesn't look good, Eric. I go, what the fuck? It doesn't look good. What the fuck? What do you mean? We hang up 15 minutes passes. Uh, Greg calls me. Yeah, man. What are you going to do? I go, what do you mean? Are you going to sign that document? I go, why does everybody keep asking me that? So I now realize that I have all of the power. And I'm watching them squirm. And I go, I don't know. I might. 
I might not. And then um, he goes, well, what are we supposed to say? I go, you should consult your boss. They'll tell you what to say. Don't ask me what to say. You're asking me what to say? Again, I don't work there. Hang up. Then I uh, announced that I was going to be on Wood Radio um, to discuss it because Wood Radio wanted to talk about it as a news story, which was okay. I could easily do that. But Town Square hears about it, hears about it, and Greg calls me back. He goes, oh, hey, you better not go on Wood Radio. I go, why not? He goes, you're violating your non-compete. I go, they're interviewing me as a news story. He goes, look, I'm just letting you know that they're considering pulling the deal. Pulling the deal means the what they offered me, the, which I'm not going to sign it anyway. The 30-day thing where I sign it and then they give me a bunch of money. They're considering pulling that deal. I go, I don't care. I go, I, I don't even know if I'm going to sign that. I haven't thought about it. Well, this is a bad move for you. I'm just telling you. I go, okay. Duly noted. Uh, I'm done taking advice from you. Uh, we are not uh, uh, business partners. And uh, I don't answer to anyone. So thanks, but no thanks. Thank you for your advice. Fine, sir. Fuck you. Hang up. Wood TV gets threatened by Town Square. Phil Tower from Wood, uh, not Wood TV, Wood Radio. Phil Tower calls me back. He goes, we're pulling it. We're not going to interview you now. I go, why not? What the fuck is wrong with you? It's going to be great. We don't want to jeopardize any problem, possible lawsuit. It's legal's not convinced that we're safe. I go, all right, fuck you too. Uh, woke up this morning, Tuesday morning, the um, 16th of February. And uh, Greg announced Eric and the company have parted ways. And that's all we can say about it. And then the game was on. The game was on. And I'll never forget. So I didn't hear from anybody. And then occasionally I would, uh, I, one time I called up Greg and I'm talking to him. And um, at this point I'm playing a game with him. I can't stand him. But uh, he doesn't know that. I call him up and uh, I go, uh, how's it going? Now, if you're him, what he should say is he should, he doesn't, he should like, well, uh, we're, we're making it, but no, he's like, oh man, we're doing great. We've really, really turned the page. And I'm like, thanks. Thank you. Uh, I think it was his final fuck you to me. So, um, Adam says, weren't you running the board at the time? Absolutely. But the, uh, the dump was between us. So we could all reach the dump if we thought something. And I didn't think what I said was weird in any way. I thought it was fine. So I'm not going to dump myself. But Greg was like, oh, yeah, it seemed weird at the time. I'm like, well, why didn't you fucking hit it, you idiot? But, but, had he hit the dump, this was inevitable. This was going to happen down the road. I can promise you that. There is no way that I would have survived at that radio show. Something was going to happen. So better then than later, in my opinion, because now it's all, I mean, I, Jesus, it's in my opinion, I uh, work harder, but I'm much happier now than I, when I was then. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let us get into the man telling his story about what it's like to get attacked by a grizzly bear. The guy's name is uh, something Perkins. Wes Perkins. 65-year-old Wes Perkins in 2011 had his face ripped off by a grizzly bear. Here's Wes. Uh, I'd have thought he'd have looked worse. You know, I mean, look at that. That's a stock image of a bear, but uh, obviously the one side is uh, is a disaster. But again, um, it's, he would fit in very well with a lot of the communities around here. Now we're going to hear from Wes in just a moment. A little bit of background, though. Wes Perkins, 65-year-old former fire chief, not only lived to tell the tale, but wants to help anyone else who has gone through something similar. Now, I don't know why he's even bothering, because he's a miracle that he's even alive. And I doubt there's like an army of people who've had their face gnawed off by a grizzly bear, but still, Wes wants to help, so here you go. Now, in my opinion... Wes would be more suited to be able to tell his tale uh, in like a book. And you'll see what I mean in a second. Uh, Wes is from Nome, Alaska, and him and his pal Dan and Dan's son, Ed, were out in the mountains on a hunting trip. And then off in the distance, they see a large grizzly bear. And for some reason, they wanted to track it, uh, perhaps even hunt it. You know, I mean, we all know Fred Bear. Um, uh, some of these teenage thrill seekers really want to get a thrill. Have them go up to the great northwest and tangle with a grizzly bear, a polar bear, a brown bear. Well, get their thrill, and it will cleanse the soul. Maybe uh, he wanted to cleanse the soul. But they lost sight of the creature. Out of nowhere, Bear reappears. Much closer than they had thought. Wes says, I turned and saw the bear full charge. I only had time to say, oh shit. But I got my gun halfway off my back. When I turned around, the bear was very, very close. I had no time to do anything. They move fast. I think you're better off. Maybe um, you probably get uh, be quicker if you had like a, a 50 cal on your hip. Um, or a one of those um, modified shotguns. That's more like a, more like a pistol, you know, that you can holster it. Short barreled shotgun with like a, a handgun grip. Yank that motherfucker out and just kablamo. Because, I mean, 50 cal, first of all, you'd have to be on, you have to hit it. And I don't think there's a guarantee that's going to kill it. I think a a buckshot or bear shot, is there such a thing as bear shot on a shotgun? Is there such thing as bear shot? Oh, 
when deterring a bear, shotgun ammo is an ineffective solution with unnecessary lethal outcomes. Well, if it kills it, I mean, if you're using it for self-defense, I would say that's very effective. Well, sure, if you're shooting with birdshot, for fuck's sake, but anyway, I don't know shit about this. All I know is that if I'm, hey, there's a big fucking 700-pound grizzly bear running at you, the one thing you want to be sure of is, you know, killing it. Um... The bear began to maul Wes, chewing on his face. The attack now has become the subject of a short documentary by filmmaker Donnie Rosie, who was in Alaska for another project when he found out about Wes. I look back and the bear's on top of Wes, Dan told Rosie in the film. Dan said that he immediately grabbed his gun and started shooting the bear. The eight-foot-tall bear... This is a dinosaur, basically. Then began to charge at him. Don's son, Ed, started to shoot the bear, too. Eventually, they shot the fucking bear enough that it eventually died. I probably saved Wes's life and my son saved my life in the same ordeal, said Dan. And this is Dan right here. Now, this is like what a guy in Nome, Alaska looks like. They all look like Sam Elliott. So there you go. That's Dan, a guy number two, and his son is the one who shot the bear off of him. Now, Dan here in this video or this picture, you know, he looks like Sam Elliott and about 70 years old. He's actually probably only 30. But those people up there in the Northwest, you know, these are, these are all fucked up people to begin with. So I'm actually rooting for the bear in future brawls i feel kind of bad that the bear died i mean these assholes invading the bear's territory like that what a bunch of assholes you dicks jesus so anyway let's get into dan here now i don't know why the fuck he wants to tell his story like actually on camera this guy he is um he must have a lot of confidence and not have any mental damage from when the bear ate his face. Okay. And I say that because if he had suffered some degree of mental damage, he wouldn't want to be seen or heard. You remember that one chick who got the, who was, um, she raised the chimpanzee and then the chimpanzee ate her hands off and ripped her face off. And then until she got the face transplant, she had that uh, that that big lampshade over her head. She went on Oprah. You know what I'm talking about? You ever see that? And she's like, and that's what you do. If you get your face ripped off by a wild animal, ah, you know, it's okay. Just put something over your face. We don't want to, nobody wants to see that shit. But Wes here, he doesn't give a fuck. Okay. We start off bad already. He swears to God that he speaks clearly. We have yet to understand one word that this guy has said. Let me back this up before I get into that. Um, 
Throughout the attack, Perkins, Wes here, remained conscious. Dan, the guy who looks like Sam Elliott, had rolled him forward so that his injured face was buried in the snow to keep it numb and radioed for immediate help. I think what they did was they actually picked up the face that was on the ground and and then um, reattached it. I'm not even kidding you. It still looks fucked, but it worked, you know? It's better than no face at all, I guess. Serendipitously, the first person to respond was Wes's brother, who swiftly contacted a rescue, a rescue helicopter. Um, Wes said, I had no airway unless I kept my head tilted to the side just right. Um, he says, I basically kept my airway open and had to dig debris out of my own airway when I lost my tongue jaw and all but a few teeth so telling myself to function and never close my eyes or go unconscious was the main concentration they build people differently up in alaska now if this were you and i you know we'd have thrown ourselves off the nearest cliff or run into traffic and that's totally acceptable not these people this guy's he's, he's cleaning dirt out of his windpipe my God. Um, I had no airway. I've helped. I have helped others my whole life and never imagined that I would be on the receiving end of things. And the Brotherhood of Gnome, my brothers in the fire service from Seattle, Anchorage, Gnome, came out to support and fundraise for me and help me through this recovery. The bear had ripped off most of his jaw and tongue and caused huge damage to one of his eyes. He spent four months in the hospital undergoing numerous operations to repair the damage done by the bear. Slowly, they began to rebuild his face, inserting titanium plates in both cheeks and a titanium rib around the jawbone. Uh, I have what is called a fibula bone graft. They took my left fibula from my lower leg and made a jaw out of it and, and inserted it in place of what I had lost. So it was a big surgery with lots of surgeons doing their part and I had the best care. Uh, speak, uh, Perkins says he could not speak legibly or I don't know if you want to say it. It says legibly, but uh, I don't know. Isn't that what you, the word for writing? But anyway, I uh, couldn't understand him for several months relying on writing to communicate. The extent of his injuries led doctors to tell him he may never be able to eat or drink via his mouth ever again. He says, I have few issues. I have a few issues sometimes with talking and most of the damage was facial lower jaw. But what, but most people understand me if I slow down and do not get excited. Wes says, um, he did become addicted to painkillers. That's not good. Uh, he had to wean himself out of, off of that. Um, and, uh, he's, he's doing okay. He's fully healed though. Scarred. Lives a full and happy life. I love it. He, uh, I love that he's able to pick up the pieces and make it happen. Good on Wes. Now, I wanted to tell the story prior to playing all of the things he said because we're not going to be able to understand a fucking thing. The one thing he's misguided on is it's absolutely unintelligible. Um, I would have a better chance of understanding some of those zaniacs try to make a point about why we should not take the covid vaccine than understanding this guy all that 
the father's death off in the distance up on the hill. Okay, now there's there's captions underneath them, and then it kind of clicks. If you're reading what he's saying, yes. But I'm going to close my eyes here, and I, I won't be... And the zoo is a nice size there, so this went outside all the floors it, and it disappeared up in the... the yeah, I, it's not happening. The snow had melted. It was on the 15th of May, so the snow melted up on the hilltop. The density went around the hill and found it. Okay, so this is hard to watch and hard to listen to. I'm not going to sit here and torture this guy and just tell him that he stinks at talking. I give him all the credit in the world for doing this. But you would think that of all the extensive work to give this man a normal life, they could have done, I mean, there's got to be at least one more surgery you can do, right? It was off. A miles off the hill, but... And so they're driving along the thick, falling fat, and then disappears. This guy should have a morning show with Bethany uh, from the Ben and Bethany show. Ed was ahead of me. I was right behind him. I need this guy to start dropping MFs. I need to hear him swearing. I thought. Maybe him and Shannon Sharp could do a show. We saw this there. Oh, to come. Tracking, and all of a sudden, so then we got down, we were tracking. We had seen this bear going up. Okay, now this is Dan, his friend. You're going to hear from Dan, who he speaks actually worse than Wes because he's got one of those things going on. Ed was ahead of me. Seen this bear going up over the hill, and we went up over the hill, and when we were... My name is Dan. Dang. I'm Wes Willis friend on top of the hill and we've seen it going up the valley so then we got down we were trapped yeah it's, he's got one of those wet mouth lisps going i'd rather listen to Wes than listen to dan here with his fucking uh as, as spongy jizz mouth tracking and all of a sudden it was hiding in the willows and... yeah, I, yeah, all right next time guys uh you got it you both can't speak uh it, let someone else let an actor depict you that's what you need to do going forward. If you're going to make any money uh, as a Lifetime series movie, uh, that's that's going to have to happen. You are not going to play yourself in those roles. Jesus. <laughs> a little uh, reference to Jocko. Nate writes, face ripped off. Good buy a mask you know i keep on um thinking more and more that there's there's a lot that uh jocko's good speech doesn't apply to and um yeah it's, I, I i'm starting to really dive into it's all bullshit because jocko says in every bad situation something good is going to come out of it well, maybe, but you probably don't want to yell out good. Like if, if the guy in the video you just talked about, uh, the subordinate says, uh, boss, uh, my wife was just trampled by an elephant and you say good. And then you find the silver lining in that. The, the t you, can you just maybe think it instead of say it? Do you have to say it every time? Because you're right, there there may be something good that comes out of it if you look hard enough or 
figure it out, but it might be safe to not like say it. So that's, that's as far as I'll go with you. Maybe in every situation, something good can come out of it, but we don't have to utter it. You know, we don't, we don't have to say that, you know, that's just me. And I, and I've only come up with that because of the audience. Cause I was like all about Jocko's good speech, you know, uh, Stu lost his job again. Good. Time to go get a new one. I don't know. You can, you can apply anything to it. Uh, got your face ripped off by a bear. Good. Wear a bag. I don't think that applies. I don't think that's silver lining. I think that's just you being fucking mean, Nate. You got your face ripped off by a bear. Good. Go wear a bag. That's just an insult. So that doesn't, I think you got to work on finding your silver lining moments on the Jocko speech. It's kind of fucked up if you ask me. Uh, Chris says they killed the elephant and fed local villagers. See, good. Maureen says it might take some time to find the silver lining. Yeah, exactly. Your baby was born stillborn. Good. Well, you better give a silver lining if you drop good on the stillborn baby. You can't, you know what I mean? You see, doesn't that make sense? And another pause in the action. I'm not the best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Hello to Joe Martinez from A&E Heating and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Legendary. Love that man. He, uh, we have established quite a partnership over the years. The latest thing is telling you about the free furnace tune-up. Okay? Typically, only during the start of the heating season do we talk about getting your furnace tuned up. But good news, because Joe Martinez teaming up with DTE Energy, we're really uh, putting the pedal to the metal and talking about this because it's free. You can sign up. You don't have to do any damn thing. I'm serious. This is all, these are all the steps you need to do. Call Joe. Schedule the tune-up. He shows up. He does the tune-up, and he leaves. No money leaves you. The energy company, DTE, the gas company, they pay Joe for tuning up your furnace. Hey, don't ask many questions. All I know is I didn't have to. I didn't have to pay seventy-nine bucks, and you won't either. That is good till the end of February. My God. Originally, it was December one. Then they made it like the end of December, and then they said, "Hey, Joe, you're doing so awesome. More, more, more." I'm like, my God, I'm not going to argue with this. 616-516-8579 for A&E Heating and Cooling. Okay, batting last in the order today. The la- Last but not least, it's getting ready to be the time when the interest rates are going to be dropping after all this nonsense of raising them. They kind of had to do that, though. I mean, uh, we were in a weird, weird spot, but Americans are now spending money again. And uh, after this economy uh, was in a bit of a flux, but things are coming back right now. And when you're ready to get your mortgage, you got to reach out to the number one mortgage professional in the United States, the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. Now in any state, in all states of the union, in any state, uh, call them at 231-332-6505 from no matter where you are in the audience. 
NMLS number 3035. Have Mario roll out the red carpet for you today. Okay. Rolling on with more of Not the Best of the Eric Zane Show podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Eric Zane Show podcast, Patreon bonus. Uh, dog roll call. Uh, Scooty nowhere to get them in the shot. Uh, Daisy and Bruce. Fresh off of their little adventure outside with uh, with O'Neal, who's on the floor. Benny taking up his usual spot on my bed. I sleep in a dog bed. The good news is we change the sheets regularly because I don't like them smelling like dog. I was uh, just reading a stat because I looked it up yesterday. Saying, I wonder how many people... Uh, generally sleep with a dog on the bed. I forget what it said, but it was it was quite uh, outstanding. It was a very substantial number. Percentage of people who sleep with a dog on the bed. of respondents sleep in the same bed with a pet. Almost half of people with pets sleep with pets. Wait a minute. Is that half of people who have pets sleep with a pet? Or half of the people surveyed? That would mean half of America sleeps with a pet? That seems high to me. says uh from the american academy of sleep medicine many pets become a member of the family in fact according to a new survey from the american academy of sleep medicine almost half of respondents sleep in the same pet with a dog and while tales of dogs taking up the whole bed and cats sprawling on pillows are common only about one-fifth of those 19% of those who sleep with a pet say they sleep worse with them in bed. So that means they're like sleeping with the pet in the bed and it affects it affects their sleep in a negative way. Uh, Nearly half of those who sleep with a pet report they sleep better with a, with a furry friend. That doesn't make much sense. I think I read that wrong, but anyway, The survey also shows that younger Americans are more likely to sleep with a pet. 53% of Gen Z always, almost always, are sometimes sleeping with a pet compared to 36% of baby boomers. So that's still high. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wish Benny, uh, the one-eyed wonder dog, would jump up there, but he doesn't like like crowds. So Bruce is up there when we're sound asleep, right in between Diana and I. Like head on the pillow. Holy shit. I'll be the first to admit that's slightly gross. There is there is a gross element to that. It's undeniable. But it doesn't matter. I I I just I I can't I can't do it. I love to have the dog in the bed. It's really ridiculous. Uh, Bruce is especially perfect 
because of his size. He is he is cuddlerific. Like if I'm at any point chilly, oh my God. I can just hug that little bugger and pull him in tight. And his head fits right under my chin when I'm holding him. And then I, I draw my knees up and he fits right perfectly. It's it's incredible. Uh, I got to get in a phone call from the president. Uh, hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. I'll be right with you. Mr. President, are you there? Big Fred Zane, it's your pal Donald Trump. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, what do I... Uh... How, I mean, I am. I, I feel privileged to have you here. I've never had you actually call me out of the blue like that. This is uh, well. Well, the truth is, I've been wondering what you've been thinking about all this Biden, these documents that they're finding. They're continuing to find them. Well, that's kind of what you predicted. You predicted that uh, they would kill, uh, keep finding documents for Biden. Of course, and I think they're going to continue finding documents. They're going to have. So many documents, by the way, the crooked media is going out there and they're saying they're saying they keep showing numbers of how many documents they found with me and him. I don't think I don't think that really matters much. And that's kind of that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. What do you think about all this nonsense? I think, uh, okay, I will say that the media is is uh, doing a poor job. They're not covering the Biden. Uh, the Biden documents uh, with the same uh, uh, veracity as they did yours. Uh, and and they're trying to say, they're trying to paint it as, oh, yeah, but he's cooperating. So the tri- I saw a poll, Mr. President, that said that more people are concerned with your document issue um, than, uh, than Biden's and Biden's, but I'm like, well, no, they, they should be the same. So I, I'm in they your, should be totally yes. the same. They should be totally the same. The thing is, you know, they raided my beautiful estate and they, they went through Melania's closet and I want to know, are they going to go through Jill Biden's closet with all this, you know? Well, yeah. The thing is I did the most tremendous job as president, maybe, maybe the best Strong borders. We had such beautiful walls we were starting to build. We rebuilt the military. Right. We had the biggest tax regulation cuts and strong economy. you got to remember these things. And, and the, 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 these documents have become such a useless... I mean, these were keepsakes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the folders were empty. Did you just, Mr. President, did you just uh, start talking about the documents and then suddenly talked about all these amazing things you did and then went back to the documents like that? Well, of course, you know, we defeated ISIS. We did that so wonderfully. You know, Obama couldn't do it, but we did it. Well, we did it. That was, that's, that's amazing now. You're able to pull that off where you can be talking about one thing and then suddenly you're talking about another and then you kind of bring it back. And it's, it's remarkable. The way you speak is, is truly easy to see why people uh, are, are, are duped by your charms. Well, it's true. It's true. You know, the, the radical left really... When you think about what they're doing, they're, they've got just as many documents. You're going to see. You're going to see these documents. 
Yeah. They, what is he hiding? Does he have, well, you know what, that's what I want to know. What is it that he's hiding? Well, he's that's, not saying a thing. That's a great you know, question. At least I came out and I said things. Well, I mean, you you kind of did. I mean, we don't know the documents that you had your hands on. We just know you had documents. But, uh, I mean. Well, you know, you got to wonder is maybe maybe Biden's story more of these documents in China or something. Well, you know? may, we don't I know think. If they're I, in China or wherever. No, we don't know if they're in China. But I, I, I think that uh, uh, we, I think both his documents and your documents, we need to actually see what documents they were. I think so. I think so. And, you know, I think we ought to look into sleazy Mitch McConnell, too. You know, I, I don't, I'm not so sure about that guy. You know, he's kind of crooked when you think about it. Well, uh, I, I, I know you, you go back and forth on people in your own party. Um, you know, I mean, you, whether it's Kevin McCarthy or, 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 or like you said, uh, Mitch McConnell or what, what's, what's the name of the one hillbilly? Um, oh, God, I forget his name. Uh, Lindsey Graham. George Stamtos? No. Are you thinking about George Stamtos? No, no. <laughs> I was thinking about Lindsey Graham. You know, uh, I've heard different opinions from you about those men, you know? It depends on the week with Lindsey Graham. You know, the good thing about Lindsey is he always falls back in line when you think about it. He not much of a backbone on that guy. It's kind of a sad trait, but good for me, I suppose, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Mr. President, who do you like in the AFC and NFC championship games? You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with all that. The the funny thing you, you say about the games, you talk so much sports these days. It's great. <laughs> I know you're doing the sports show and everything now with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the big guy. Big guy. Yeah, yep, yep, big guy. That's it. What's his name? Uh, his name is uh, Bill or uh, Huge. Huge. That's it. He's a huge. He's a huge. He's yes. one of my biggest supporters. Yep. You know? Huge. Big fan huge. of the huge. Forgot his name though. You know, so many names they come to me. They go. The thing is, you gotta you gotta look at these closer. I think he look closer at these Biden documents. Okay. I think the he's storing them in Chinatown. Well, th- this is remarkable. I, I'm asking you about picking the football games, and somehow you went back to talking about documents. Again. Well, these documents are so important, you know. These documents, they're not giving the attention that they need to them. It's so important that we find out what this sleazy Biden has been doing with them, you know. <laughs> Mr. President, I, I feel honored that you've called me. And, uh, uh, you know, anytime that something pops in your brain, be sure to reach out and I'll be happy to pick up as soon as possible. Oh, of course, of course enthusiastically i should do it i should do it so greatly you know when we knocked out isis i I think wonderful things people should remember that right right yes this this is uh you know if you're gonna have success in your campaign mr president you're gonna have to have new things to talk about though no one's really talking about isis or anything like that well the thing is you gotta run on your record and i think my record is so clean well you could wipe my ass well, with these classified documents I don't, <laughs> you know it's so true that unclassified by the way totally unclassified i thought it i thought it and then they were unclassified you, you just said so they're not unclassified even a big deal. okay not even a big deal i didn't know that that was a thing but okay you you unclassified them of course yes. you know as president you can just do that you can think it and it happens <laughs> Okay, well, thank you, Mr. President. Big Front State, always great talking with you. Indeed, thank you for the call. Thank you for the call, sir. 
Yeah, there he just hangs up. I love that. Um, that is uh, one of my favorite things of all time. An out of the blue phone call from the former commander in chief, and he doesn't like it when I call him that. But uh, I mean, it is what it is. Biden defeated him, and he doesn't believe believe that. Oh my God. Okay, where was I? We're talking dogs. Jesus. Um, and that's it. I got nothing more. You know what? I do have something more on dogs because let me go over some numbers with you. Um, and for our great brothers and sisters in the Netherlands. Now here in this portion of Michigan, it's so Dutch. One of the communities is called Holland. This place is all Dutch. And, uh, so, you know, all right, great. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. Um, in the Netherlands, the number one issue facing the Netherlands at this point in time, according to Statista, which is a statistics public opinion website. And I'll show you this too. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. Number one. 54% of the respondents say the most important issue is rising prices, inflation, cost of living. That's similar to the U.S. Uh, Number two, the environment and climate change. Three, they have a housing problem in the Netherlands. The supply of energy, 23%. 11% immigration. They've got a problem with immigration there in the Netherlands. This is not all that different than the United States. It says the international situation. I can only guess that that would be like uh, uh, the uh, war, Ukraine, Russia. 9% of respondents said that's a, that's a problem. Health, 8%. Economic situation, uh, 6%. The education system, 4%. Crime, unemployment, pensions, taxation, terrorism, and government debt. In fact, health, I think, is, uh, is COVID, you know. It might have been a different uh, set of numbers two years ago or whatnot, but as of this point in time, these are the concerns. So why the fuck are the Netherlands working to ban flat-nosed dogs and folded-ear cats? Because they say to prevent animal suffering. So I guess all of the other problems in the Netherlands are taken care of the government is turning, aiming, setting its sights on flat-nosed dogs and uh, cats with folded ears. Now, I don't know shit about shit. As far as cats go, I don't know uh, why folded-ear cats may suffer. And uh, there there might be something weird that goes on to uh, to make the cat's ears folded. Some of you may know this. I know we've got a lot of uh, people who have quite a knowledge base about animals on this show who are enjoying the show right now. So if you know why a folded ear cat means the cat suffers, I'm actually curious as to uh, what's going on there. But the idea of... uh, Hey, all our problems are solved in the Netherlands, so let's take care of the uh, uh, flat-nosed dogs and folded-ear cats. Now, the problem with a flat-nosed dog is 
They don't get air in as easily as like O'Neill here. That's why you can hear Daisy snoring right now. Uh, right now, let me uh, let me let me turn up this mic. You'll hear. That's why you can hear her snoring so loud. <laughs> because she's got a flat nose. But that's her telling you that she's very content and happy. This sounds like a Frank Zappa song. Bruce, Bruce doesn't have a snoring problem. Uh, Daisy, Daisy, actually, we gave she got a nose job shortly after birth. We uh, made it sure that she could get the most air in, but she still snores crazy. Bulldogs are known for that. But uh, Daisy does great on walks. Um, the only thing we have to watch is temperature. Anything over. Uh, 62 63 degrees for sure bruce it's too hot for a walk you just don't walk them you just don't do it it's just too warm um and then because he's uh he'll get uh heat exhaustion and daisy she uh, has a higher threshold for some reason and she can do okay in warm temperatures but she has gotten heat stroke before uh, and I'm so very, very cautious of that. And outside of that, these assholes in the Netherlands, listen to this shit. Oh, my God. Talk about some overstating or overreaching um, uh, uh, government. My God, people complain about that here. The Netherlands is taking far-reaching steps towards becoming a country where, quote, no pet has to suffer from its appearance. Minister Pyatt, edema of culture, nature, and food quality. Wait a minute. The name is Pyatt edema? Minister Pyatt edema. Maybe it's edema uh, of culture, nature, and food quality announced on Friday. He's working on two bans, a ban on owning animals with harmful external characteristics such as a cat with folded ears or a dog with a short snout. The second ban is on showing these pets in advertisements. So they're like, ah, you know how it is, man. You show somebody a cute dog on on a TV commercial, people go buy the dog. No more. No more. You cannot show pets that are awesome with uh, flat noses in advertising anymore. This is fucking unbelievable. This is a reason to start a war. If you live in the Netherlands, that would be a reason, in my opinion, to start a war. Whoever this dickhead is, who's got a fucking bug up his ass, uh, they talk about, um, um, according to this, and it's not true, uh, short snouts can cause lifelong suffering for the animal. That is, in my opinion, an absolute overstatement lifelong suffering now we've had this is our fourth uh daisy and bruce are our third and fourth flat-nosed animals and we have had nothing but success now these dogs typically uh live a little shorter of a lifespan than most dogs and that might be because of the amount of air that they can get in 
But to say that a, a lifetime of suffering is bullshit. Uh, it says shorts, not a dog, for example, almost always have trouble breathing again. No, they don't. Uh, there can be times if you're not careful that you can lead them to having trouble breathing. But if they're sitting here at a state of rest or enjoying their sleep or walking around the house or playing tug. No, you asshole. Do your homework. So they are, uh, they're actually doing this. Uh, this subject affects me not only as minister of culture, na- nature, and food quality, but also as a person. We make life miserable for innocent animals purely because we think they're beautiful and cute. So you're making it so that they don't exist anymore? This is why today we are taking a big step towards a Netherlands where no pet has to suffer from their appearance. Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. The ban on owning animals with harmful characteristics, as they say, will automatically include a ban on trading and importing these animals. They're considering how to implement this. He is thinking, well, if you're going to implement it, just do it. He's thinking about a list of external characteristics that can be objectively uh, determined to cause permanent suffering. This will start small, but can be expanded if further research reveals harmful features. Oh, my God. There will be a transitional arrangement for people who already have pets with such banned characteristics. They'll be allowed to keep their pets until the end of its life. Uh, Seeing a certain type of pet frequently or prominently often increases demand for it. To prevent this, we'll be working on banning showing pets with these harmful characteristics in advertisements or social media. You'll be banned from social media in the Netherlands from showing an adorable Frenchie. Holy shit. Oh my God, this is this is just horrible. That's a that's a reason to move. Jesus. That that talk about a violation of rights. Uh Nick writes, boutique breed are an abomination, but they sure are cute. Um, so yeah, you're talking about um uh some of those places like the barking boutique where the uh the animals come from these things called like puppy mills. Uh, that is rough. That, those are not reputable breeders. Uh, very, 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 very rough thing. Uh, if I were ever to, when I, whenever there was any type of uh, us getting a dog that could be like a Frenchie or an English bulldog, um, the first question I ask is, how many litters has this dog had? And if they say more than two, no, that's abuse. In my opinion, um, a mother bulldog, mother Frenchie, two litters is the magic number two and under this is her first, or this is, um, her second, you know what? That's it. Um, reputable breeders. And then of course your local animal shelter, my God. But that's bullshit. No, man, we need Frenchies and English Bulldogs, you dicks. Jesus. Okay, in the free podcast, we were talking about the guy who uh, had a $5 free bet on the uh, on whatever app he was uh, he was doing the gambling on, and then he went for a really crazy parlay, and he hit it rich. A $5 free credit bet turned into uh, over $72,000 in winnings. 
One story that I let let uh, slip by the goalie that I forgot about. Uh, similarly, involves uh, gambling, but this is uh, not so good of a story. The Los Angeles Chargers and Jacksonville Jaguars, the first week of the playoffs. That was the one where the Chargers led 27 to nothing at one point in the first half until the Jags scored a late half touchdown. A guy made a bet at the half, which, shit, I didn't know you could do that. You can bet while the game is going on. DK Sportsbook confirmed that this bet was indeed made. A dude wanted to make a quick $11,200. Now, with a bet like that, that you're most likely to win because the team had a 27-0 lead just before the end of the half, you're going to have to put a lot of money down to win that. And this dude did just that. He dropped $1,400,000 on the Chargers to win that game in order to win 11200 So after he dropped the $1,400,000, or $14 million, I'm sorry, $1,400,000, once the Chargers win, it'd be $1,411,200. But the Jags came all the way back and he lost that money. Oh, my God. Fuck. That makes me sick. And I didn't gamble it. Oh. They don't know who originally placed the bet. They just know that the bet was placed. A fool and his money will soon go separate ways. One million the greedy fuck wanted to earn another $11,200 on a gamble and he fucking lost serves him right if that were me shit man I would uh, I'd have to be institutionalized that would be like a rock bottom moment where I throw myself on the ground and cry oh my god don't gamble on sports shit it's very difficult for me to say that because I've got my sponsor my bookie at least for now, um, that I promote. But fuck that. I'm not doing it. No, you can. I'll tell you what. You gamble. And you tell me how you did. But I, knowing me, man, this this would be a disaster. Shit, fuck. Oh, God. Um, audio check, video check. Ken Jennings uh, came to West Michigan, the host of Jeopardy. I think he's like a one of two hosts, right? With the chick from Blossom. Uh, Ken Jennings, who I tell you what, if you remember, uh, I should have brought the NFK there to see him because the NFK hates Ken Jennings. I mean, like if he's on TV, you're going to see double fucking shit. Fuck you. Fuck you, motherfucker. He hates him. Uh, Jennings showed up. I don't know. I think, I guess Calvin university, um, brought him in for a, uh, a speaker series. So super conservative university 
brings in Ken Jennings. So you know where he falls politically because if this guy was anything but one of these right-wing nuts that live where I live, they wouldn't have brought him in. So audio check, video check. Here you go. Got a visit from a man who's become a household name over recent years. By the way, I noticed when I was watching this before I went live on the podcast, he's got a speech impediment. He's one of these guys who his, when you say S's, your tongue is supposed to stay behind your teeth. So Ken Jennings, my tongue is behind Jennings. Calvin University hosts Ken Jennings. He's like, if you were reading that, it would be Calvin University host Ken Jennings. That's, I'm exaggerating, but that's the way he talks. Ken Jennings, the co-host of Jeopardy, was at Calvin University today speaking to... I really get bothered by speech impediments. Uh, when I, if someone's talking to me and they've got a horrible speech impediment, I want to shake them. I'm like, okay. No one's listening to you because all they're listening to is you fuck up the words. Okay? Go to a speech therapist and fix that shit. To a large group about why it's important to be a generalist this day and age. I don't know what a generalist is. Ken Jennings is telling us to be a generalist. Okay. I remember Ken's legendary run on Jeopardy. 74 wins in a row worth some $2.5 million. Jennings says being a generalist helped him achieve that milestone. Jennings spoke after uh, Jeopardy's position after all these years and why it remains so strong. So right now he's talking about being a generalist. And they haven't told us what that is. So all of this story makes no sense to me. Jeopardy's in a unique position because... It's, uh, it's watched kind of universally, you know, you know, it's popular with young people, old folks, red states, blue states. So Jeopardy's kind of this rare arena where America still comes together. And the thing I love about it is Jeopardy is the TV show where facts matter, you know. You can go and meet the press and get away with 12 lies. Okay, there we go. There we go. That's why they brought him in. That's why they brought Ken, Jenny in, uh, Ken Jennings in to take a shot at uh, the quote-unquote mainstream media. On Jeopardy, the fake news is absolutely not going to cut it. Like, we're in an arena where knowledge and expertise matter. By the way, um, Jennings was announced. Jeopardy was at Kelvin University from a man. I want to back up so we can get a get an idea of who was watching this January series at Calvin University. Name over recent years, Ken Jennings, the co-host of Jeopardy, was at Calvin University today. Okay, uh, what do you notice about this crowd? What's What stands out to you? Holy fuck, look at all of the ancient people. Okay, now, they all have hair that looks like mine. Oh my God, look at these old cocks. All I, the only color I see is gray. Not one black guy, not one person under 55. Oh, fuck. A lot of rich, old, conservative cocksucker money. Fuck this. He's speaking to a large group about why. Of MAGA. Look at this dude with the hair. He thinks he's something over here. It's important to be a generalist this day. The fuck is a generalist? I still don't you may know. remember Ken's legendary run on Jeopardy. 70. 
What is a generalist? Uh, oh, generalists boast a range of skills while they're not. Oh, so um, what is that one saying? Um, uh, king of the castle. Uh, wait a minute. King of the uh, king of the castle, master cylinder, master swordsman. King of the castle, master. God damn it. What the fuck is that? You know what? Does it? I don't know if I've given you enough context for you to help me out on this one. Generalist boasts a range of skills, it says. While their knowledge might not run deep across a specific area, they can quickly adapt to changing situations. Yeah, that's that's the thing I'm talking about, but I can't. It escapes my. Uh, Ah, fuck, there it is. I was saying king of the castle. It's another uh, uh, fucking card in the deck. Jack of all trades, master of none. Ha ha. That's it, Jesus. King of the castle, master cylinder. Fuck. Chris knew it. He, He, before I even started looking it up, a generalist is someone with knowledge on many things, not one specific thing. I, you obviously know shit. Uh, Ryan says, easy is a firm, is firm on anti-impediment. I take it you didn't like the stern whack pack then. No, I don't mind them. I don't mind them at all. One of the stern whack packers died not long ago. Um, uh, God, who was it? Stern whack packer died. Fred the Elephant Boy. Yeah. He, Howard called him Fred the Elephant Boy because when he spoke, Fred the Elephant Boy, first appearance, um, Fred would speak with um, speaking patterns similar to, um, what do you call it? The Elephant Man. from that film. Do I want to get into this? Yeah, yeah I will. It's kind of interesting because this is an example of what Stern does. He finds would find these people that would call the show and uh, whatever characteristics or traits they may have, he would um, um, lean on them and make them stars. These are just regular people, some with uh, speaking problems, some with physical uh, issues or limitations and then he'd make them he'd turn them into superstars and it's it's awesome because the best episodes were always the ones that featured um some type of internal drama between the members of the whack pack as opposed to inter- interviewing celebrities with things like that so audio check video check fred the elephant boy died this, and uh long. charlie uh charlie uh howard eulogized him lost it right at the end of 2022 and I want to do a little obituary for my man. It was uh, Elephant Boy died. The very famous Get Fred the Elephant here. Boy. He was the longest serving whack packer in show history. His real name was Fred Schreiber. And we gave him the nickname Elephant Boy because he sounded like uh, the movie, The Elephant Man. 
Here's his first call to the show, November 28th, 1988, over 34 years ago. This was the first time we heard his You're voice. You're on the air. Yeah, no. I just shot the radio. So what is that, an Italian accent, Gary? No. I smell ratings gold with you, Fred. Oh, really? Is that an Italian accent? Yeah. That's good to hear. See? I love you, Harriet. Hey, I love you too, man. <laughs> this guy's perfect. Oh, what, the, what is it, some kind of speech defect you got? Uh, yes, ever since I was born. What? Ever since I was born, I, I, I had this problem. Ever since you were born, you had this problem. Yeah. I got you. I'm catching yeah. on to your lingo. When I ran for governor on the Libertarian ticket in 1994, I knew Fred was the perfect person to introduce me at their convention, and here he is. He came with me. It's my great pleasure to give the nominated speech to Howard. I think this is the best thing I ever happened to the Libertarian Party. Look, the caption says, to the Olympic Game Pie. Of New York. Yeah, he, he was quite the speech master. And sometimes we would hold funerals. Whenever we would win yeah. in a radio market and become number one, we would have a, a funeral for the DJs that lost to us. Here's Fred's speech at our 1994 Cleveland funeral. I mean, this guy was a super fan. Listen to him. He, he knows how to whip a crowd into shape. And now the moment you're ready for. The one you give me. The king of media and the king of media of Cleveland, Dwayne Howard Storm. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better hype man. He was a good-hearted guy, and uh, always, uh, whenever you asked him to do something, he was so thrilled to be a part of the radio show, and he gave us lots of hours of enjoyment. So, Fred the Elephant Boy, rest in peace. We uh -huh. lost you in 2022. Oh, that's sad. But that was nice. That was a nice little thing that he did for the guy. I like that. I, uh, I, I I just saw that the other day. I thought, oh, there's no way I'll use this. Um, But then when you brought it up about the Whack Packers, Ryan, I was like, oh, that's perfect. We got to do that. <clears throat> All right. The captions were auto-generated. That's hilarious. Uh, Crackhead Bob was my favorite Whack Packer, Nick says. Yeah, there, there's been some legends on there. All right. Let's see. Where else did I want to go today? There's plenty more I wanted to talk about. Oh, shit. Um, okay, first of all, I want to get into this deal about... Uh, what the fuck? Where did I put it? Hold on a second. I'll get it. You guys listen to Daisy Snore. <laughs> uh, update on um, Jeremy Renner. My God, did he get fucked up? Uh, he has revealed that he broke more than 30 bones. When he fell underneath the snowcat, whatever the thing is, it's basically a tank for the snow. Uh, 14,000 pounds rolled over him. 
Uh, Renner has revealed this. Uh, uh, it left him in critical condition, required emergency surgery. His The left part of his chest was, he was squished. Uh, all of this shit here, you know, your uh, sternum and those ribs that protect those vital organs. Uh, you know, they were like fucking silly putty when it was done. The dude was like, you know, like when you're driving down a street and you see at like the dollar store or some shitty car dealer, the, uh, those, uh, those crazy fucking, uh, men with air blowing through them and their arms are whipping all over. Like you see out in front of like, uh, uh, a car dealership to get your attention. That's, that's what became of him. They were like whipping him around for entertainment purposes. Morning workouts, resolutions all changed this particular New Year's. The 52-year-old actor wrote in a social media post on Saturday sharing a photograph of him receiving physical therapy at his home. Spawned from tragedy for my entire family and quickly focused into uniting uh, actionable love. That, that, that's good. When you, when you can drop those types of words, you know, that's dollar signs. When you can show a picture of yourself uh, getting your rehab. Okay, this is all pre-planned. And you you you, you take a page out of the uh, Damar Hamlin thing. Same thing. You got to you got to just say nice shit publicly. So when you do make the return, everybody is going to be in love with you. You you're you're winning the room over. Okay? So this is all a strong, calculated PR move, and I applaud that because it makes everybody feel good. Look at, look how many likes. 2,843,857 likes. Damar Hamlin, same thing. Uh, as far as we know, um, Jeremy Renner and Damar may not have even been injured at all. Uh, unlikely, but... That is a possibility. I'm just going to tell you that, you know, I did the same thing when I hurt my foot, when I was uh, using the chainsaw, you know, I, I, I did some flowery post about how uh, I'm going to get through this. And I, and that, yeah, I got like 18 million likes. All I had to do was throw a couple of hearts in there and praying hands and, uh, and you know, something like that. And, and then next thing you know, it, it goes around the world. People love that shit. So whether you're hurt or not, just say you are. And your life will take off in a good way. So this is all excellent. I applaud him. Again, we're not even sure that he was actually hurt in any way. I think he was. And then you got to write something like this. Uh, Renner thanked everyone for their messages and thoughtfulness. Now, he didn't read any of the messages. You just got to say that. Then he writes, these 30 uh, plus broken bones will men grow stronger just like the love and bond with family and friends deepens. The Marvel star wrote, love and blessings to you all. Uh, but, but, if you put that out there, you know, he's, he is typecast as Hawkeye. So what you do is you fake the injury and then you post all this shit 
And then, you know, all of a sudden you're going to get a job because they know that you're a bankable star. Renner, according to this, suffered blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries when he was run over by his unmanned snowcat. I wish we had video of that. Uh, airlifted to the hospital, underwent surgery on January 2nd. Outside my brain fog and recovery, I was very excited to watch episode 201 with my family at home. Mayor uh, Renner wrote in a reply to a post from the official Twitter account for his Paramount show, Mayor of Kingstown. You see, there you go. This is all about publicity. He's getting people to watch Mayor of Kingstown. Now, I had no idea he was even on that show. I don't know. I don't watch that show. He has, he wasn't injured. Renner's update on Saturday prompted messages of support from the likes of model Heidi Klum, actress Jason Momoa, and Renner's Marvel co-star Chris Hemsworth. Uh, You're a champion, mate. We love you. And he misspelled your. So uh, Hemsworth probably got a million and change just to post that. Uh, Megan has reached out to me. She writes, have you talked about how people think DeMar is uh, dead and they're covering it up? I I hadn't heard that. I know Bill and I touched on it a little bit yesterday, but that was in jest, kind of. DeMar dead conspiracy. Uh, Wait, I I wrote, I wrote Dahmer. Yeah, that's, that's not the same thing. Damar Hamlin, dead conspiracy. Well, look at that, Megan. She's like a producer. She's like sending me the stories. Oh, yeah. This is what I talked about with Bill. Um, how when he was... Um, yeah, Damar Hamlin had his hood on when he was clapping and cheering the bills on, and you couldn't tell that that was who that was doing the little heart thing. Uh, so they're suggesting that it was it wasn't really, really Damar. Okay, this is awesome. I'm glad that people are suggesting this because it's stupid and hilarious. But you never know. I mean, DeMar has become big business. Now, the Bills fucked everything up by losing that game. Jesus. All right. So, with that in mind, this dad decided to take a page from, uh, well, no, not really, because Jeremy Renner getting hurt in the snowcat thing was just insane and, and kind of stupid that it happened to him in the first place. But the only similarity about this next story is that it involves an injury in the winter from a similar type of device. Okay, so this dad right here in the hospital. All right, you see him. Look at, he's got a smile on his face. He's holding up his hand with his pinky up. I don't know if that's like, hey, hang loose. And he looks a little bit happy, but... And then there, there's something strange about the picture, though. Um, well, he's missing a leg. And I don't know if they didn't take the picture before the second surgery began, but he lost both of his legs. 
So both of his legs are gone, and yet he's still, hey, how's it going? He's got like a, uh, he's smiling. So I don't know if he's on really good drugs or what, but this fucker is a legend, okay? Um, a father is now a double amputee. The family was at a vacation at a popular California ski resort. Dave Milne and his wife, Claire, they had their two young children with them. Three-year-old Isla and one-year-old Anna. And they're getting these kids on skis at a young age. Cool. At uh, Mammoth Mountain in Northern California on the morning of December 15th, and a motorized snowblower uh, collided with him and his family. I cannot figure out how that happened. Are those normally really fast-moving machines? Very strange. I I don't know the particulars of how the incident happened. Um, This dude's from Australia visiting. He was an Australian Defense Force veteran who had been living in San Diego, I guess. Uh, He wasn't visiting. He lived there. Threw his body over the kids in an attempt to prevent them from being pulled into the machine. Now, this not only is a crazy story because it's similar to like how Jared uh, in, in Uh, and somewhat to how Jeremy Renner was hurt, but it's also goes hand in hand with all of our stories about terrible ways to die, but this guy's not dead. According to a GoFundMe started to help the family following the horrific incident. Dave was able to keep the one child unharmed, uh, the one-year-old, but the three-year-old did sustain significant injuries. Um, but will survive. Um, authorities were quick to get there and, and help out the uh, couple's oldest daughter. And like I said, she had to have, uh, she was badly hurt. She did has, has had to go through uh, several surgeries, but this is the little peanut now. And uh, she is going to make a full physical recovery, the little girl. So that is great news. She doesn't look happy there. I mean, she's got her little, looks to be like a dolly or a blanket or something like that. And a little squish mallow and uh, legs appear to be all bandaged up and probably some uh, uh, extensive recovery time, but she is going to survive. And so is dad, but here's the, uh, here's the kicker. Dad had to spend over an hour ground up in the machine. until rescuers were able to free him, remaining conscious the whole time. So it chewed off his legs. Uh, Getting him out, they had to hack off his legs, one above the uh, knee and below the knee on the right. And uh, let's see. I I smell, I think he's smiling in this picture because he's probably having an understanding that the GoFundMe is going to be hefty and the lawsuit is going to be insane. I mean, your daughter was badly injured. Your legs were gnawed off by your stupid machine. This is 1 million percent negligent on the resort um 
I would start at a hundred million and then work my way up. Think about that. That's why this guy is stoked. Jesus, I would be too. All right. Uh, Dave was transported to Reno to treat his extensive wounds. The heroic father additionally suffered a variety of fractures, has undergone over 10 surgeries in the past three weeks. That's 10 mil a surgery, in my opinion, with many more to come. Despite his life-changing injuries, Dave still maintains his dark sense of humor and razor-sharp wit. Oh, I, I can tell you, I'd like this guy. Um, talks about the daughter, uh, how the family is doing. Dave has a long path to recovery, and he's going to go back to Australia. Um, Isla is still in her wheelchair, but appears to be slowly getting back to her old self. Smiling more and asserting herself a little more. She's such a strong and brave little girl. Uh, wife Claire's managing the family. Um, yeah, you know, and she's going to have to get used to that. She's going to have to get used to uh, running things and managing the estate because of the millions of dollars that you are going to get in the lawsuit. As we look right now, the GoFundMe. Um, you see, this isn't a very profitable GoFundMe. All right. Uh, we're dating back to December 15th. So a month and a half later, and there's only 78,000 of the 100,000 needed to reach the goal. So, and that is because all you have here is a badly hurt child and a man whose legs got ground off by a snow machine. And that is just does not move the meter on GoFundMe. We all know that. Um, now, uh, had a black kid held a door open for someone or returned a wallet, this would generate at least $30 million. Uh, but victim of a horrible accident? No. No. Uh, GoFundMe... Um, it gets a little wonky with what, you know, what coffers get filled. I, I, I'm often blown away by the dollar. I didn't realize people had that much money. Holy shit. There must be one guy who's behind GoFundMe. Like one dude who's making all the cash, right? And all it is is a platform. Do you remember Kickstarter? Is that still a thing? Can we still do Kickstarters? Wasn't that even before GoFundMe? Well, anyway, that's what's going on with the Milne family. If you want to support them, there you go. I'll link it up in the show notes. All right. I think my work is done here. I appreciate you all very much. As we look back on this fine group of people that are in attendance today. Stevie says she would OD on painkillers if that happened to me. No, thanks. Uh, Ryan thought that the image of the guy uh, laying there. Ryan thought that that was one of the dude's balls. No, that's his stump. You fucking dumbass. 
Thank God. Now that would be a story. That'd be another 10 mil. And there you go. That is going to put another nice bow on not the best of the Eric Zane show podcast. Thank you so much for checking the show out. If you want to advertise on the podcast, reach out to me, Eric at EricZaneShow.com on the Shoreliners striping inbox. I'd love to try to make it happen for you with a marketing plan. And uh, no one with a budget is uh, has no... Wait a minute. Let me say that all again. No budget is too small. No budget is too big. I can put anybody into a marketing plan on the Eric Zane Show podcast. Check me out on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. And uh, there you go, wrapping this show up from the Impact Power Sports Studio. I thank you for checking it out. And we have a fresh show coming up on February, damn it, January 2, 2024. All right, till next time, folks. Thank you and bye bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.